Welcome back, everybody. Episode 48 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We are sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. I just got some of these lovely new products. You got the CBD roll-on. Oh, really? Got the nighttime CBD. Sweet. And we've got some bath bombs. All right? Oh, I was wondering what those little eyeball things are. Nice. Can't wait to. I brought them into the studio. I will be taking them back with me to to use some of them. So yeah, I don't take baths. I don't take showers. Twenty percent off your order. <laughs> Fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. My name is. Where am I, Bo? Nope. <laughs> Milton Campus Purple You're Belt in Fight Sports Coral Springs <laughs> doing a podcast. <laughs> you can check me out on Instagram at Uncle Bill TBJJ. We got Bo, the comedian behind the camera. Say hello, Bo. Hello, everyone. Huge shout out to Flow and Roll at Flow underscore N underscore Roll on Instagram. Get 20% off your online t-shirt, rash guard, or gi order with code JJD at flowandroll.com. All right. DD214. Got my DD214 shirt on today. Look at that. I'm wearing it too. I'm wearing oh, mine. Look at, that, look at us. Twinsies. <laughs> DD214 fightwear. Or it's actually on IG. It's DD214 underscore fightwear. Gear for the war on PTSD. I love that slogan. Get 15% off your online order at dd214bjj.com. Please check out their new Soul Armor Gi, right? Uh, I put the link in the bio. It's very cool. In the liner of the Gi, they have the names of fallen soldiers. Oh, that's right. It's amazing. I'm just starting to see the first pictures of of people, uh, like, you know, at tournaments and showing it. It, It's it's an awesome Gi. Um, They're doing great things for for the community, for the veteran community. And they're they're just so I'm happy to have them, man. I, I just can't say enough about them. They've been great. We're actually doing right now. Uh, by the time this airs, we would have just awarded ten DD214 rash guards on our Instagram. So keep an eye on our Instagram, everybody. We do giveaways every single month. Cool. Yeah. And if we don't have a sponsor doing a giveaway, we're gonna give away something. So we 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 gave away a couple of things. Uh, we did the YouTube giveaway on the last episode, which we awarded. We gave him a rash guard, and I just gave away. What did I do? We well, you're did, super uh, active on there, so people need to really follow you because because you're super. You're posting all the time. We're so giving away they a ton miss of stuff shit right away. I'm when I'm taking a dump. <laughs> I decide. <laughs> I got my phone and I decided Dumper to do a giveaway. Posting. That's how this all happens, people. Dumper posting. Uh, <laughs> we also want to thank Retro Grappler. We're uh, collaborating with them on a new rash guard design. I said gi design last last episode. I meant rash guard. Check them out at Retro Grappler Shop on IG and RetroGrappler.com. Very cool stuff. Warriors Next Adventure, shout out to Nick and his crew. They're a veteran nonprofit. They're filming a, a documentary. They really just finished the the on the the tour yep. on the road filming. Oh, they, they did? They, they did. They finished he, the filming. He wound up doing 48 right. days total, yeah. Right, cool. Even after the bus hey. broke down, went back and got his truck. Uh, so they're filming a documentary called PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu. Again, they just finished 48 days of traveling the country. They came down here. Sweet. They did the podcast. We yep. trained a little bit. Check them out at Warriors Next Adventure. And for more information about the actual documentary, click on the PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu tab. And there's a video that plays, and you can learn how to support and, and maybe even donate to the cause. All right? Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching or listening. And if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click the bell. 
and you'll get notifications every time we we launch a new video. All right. Um, anything else? You good? Yeah. I'm, All right. Yep. Let's sweaty. get today's guest in a little here. Sweaty, but let's get him in here. Ready? Yep. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Joining us today is the youngest ever. The youngest ever black belt under Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legends, Henzo Gracie and John Danner. I got that right off your website, so it's got to be right. <laughs> He's becoming very well known for his MMA and BJJ instructionals. Uh, you got IG, TikTok, YouTube. Welcome, Stephen Williams, everybody. Hey, you nobody. Appreciate <laughs> you having me, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. And like I always say, thank you for being patient. We had a little problem there. We uh, appreciate you sticking around. We had one guy oh. that took off one time. He was just like, I can't wait. Really? I won't say his name how on air. Right, I won't say his name on air. He had a date with his girlfriend, and he was like, "He's like, uh, he wanted to go early. We were on time. He wanted to go early, and we couldn't go early. And then he dipped. <laughs> it was really? most, yeah. yeah, it must yeah. have been an important date. It must, she must I, have been in that honeymoon phase. Mm, dating yeah, I won't have him on. I don't. I don't like his stuff online anymore. <laughs> I stopped uh, following yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Stephen. So there, there's a lot in that intro. I mean, we let's get the obvious stuff out of the way. Henzo Gracie Black Belt. How does that work? I'm very curious of, I know, you know, you train at a studio. Like I train at Fight Sports and my coach is coached by, you know, uh, Cyborg. How does that work, uh, that dynamic? Did you get your belt from both of them? Is it is it Danaher? Explain that to everybody. Yeah, he, so, <laughs> hey, am I the first to ask that question? Or that, yeah, is that, uh, publicly, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should be telling the story, but we're gonna, anyway. So when I first got awarded my black belt, it was supposed to be at the Henzo Gracie ceremony that they always do. Okay. So they'll have a bunch of people come in and they'll give you your black belt, et cetera. Henzo will give a speech. Mm-hmm. I was just a wild motherfucker in my early 20s, you know? So I didn't, I mean, I, I was. Okay. So I knew there was a ceremony, but I was like, I'm not going to go to the ceremony because I didn't expect to get my belt. So I didn't go. And I don't know what I was doing at that time. But then John tells me the next day, he's like, Steven, you got your black belt. <laughs> <laughs> I did? Because I don't yeah, have it. <laughs> are you? He's like, but don't worry. I'm going to talk to Henzo. He's like, because you need to get your fucking black belt. He's like, I'm going to talk to Henzo. And then Henzo was like, yeah, of course. Give him his black belt. So John gave me my black belt. But this is the truth. John trained me from white belt to black belt anyway. Okay. But it was, so it felt it felt right anyway. Me yeah. getting my, my black belt from um, him. So what is, uh, you know, again, if, if I, I don't want to like air any dirty laundry. And I don't think there's any dirty laundry. But. How how did that dynamic work before they went to PR? Like he's Janaher was a coach, but is he did, was he running everything? And it's just it was Henzo's place, but he's always there. Was Henzo coaching? Only comes in for the important stuff. Is that an okay question oh. to ask? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm gonna be upfront. Yeah. Uh, so Henzo, Hen, there's other coaches at the gym. You have mm-hmm. uh, many other coaches at Henzo's. Uh, his cousin or his nephews, cousins, etc. But and John is just one coach that happens to coach at the gym. Okay. His classes obviously get the most attention and traffic because of just his 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 accolades are ridiculous. He's an amazing instructor. He's yeah. the best instructor in the world, obviously, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so he's just an instructor at the gym, and that's really all it is. He's a black belt in Henzo who teaches at, at Henzo, or, or used to teach at Henzo's. Okay. So for we do have, you know, we have younger listeners. Just to clarify for everybody, we're talking about John Danaher, Danaher Death Squad, Coaches Gordon Ryan, Gordon Ryan's little brother, uh, Craig Jones. I mean, this these are the people that you've trained with. Ridiculous. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's my room. Yeah. So, you get your black belt from John Danaher. 
how long to you open your own gym? Because you're in, uh, is it a arena training center? Yeah, we have that gym now. And that's, that, that's been, this is real, uh, kind of my second gym. I had another spot before this called Viking Academy. Okay. And it was my gym as well. Uh, so this would be technically my second gym, but I didn't immediately open up my own space when I got my black belt. You got to understand, I was a child. Yeah. I got my black belt when I was 19 years old or so. How old are you now? Like, I'm 33. Okay. So I've been a black belt for, for a while. So I, I didn't fucking open, I didn't open up a gym till I was tw- in my late twenties. Okay. Yeah. So it took a while for me, but I taught, I taught it, I taught at New York Jiu-Jitsu for a little while. I taught, um, I did a little bit of teaching at Drysdale's for a very short period okay. of time. I lived out in Vegas for like two years, but that was kind of like dropping stuff for MMA. And then I decided to open up a space when I got back to, to New York. Shortly I mean, after. that's still an achievement to have a gym. Forget it. To have the black belt in your early 20s is an achievement. To have your black belt, to be a Donaher black belt is another huge achievement. And to yeah. own a gym before you're 30, that's huge as well. So, yeah. I mean, that's, you. you know, you're no slouch. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and honestly, I probably could have done it a lot sooner with the gym. But it, honest to God, this was never something that I wanted to do. I never wanted the responsibility of dealing with the gym. Mm-hmm. To t- I don't like telling people what to do. I, I just didn't. It's just not my nature. I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm very much a let me just control my little sphere and do what I do. And I'm automated. I don't like to ask people for stuff. And so, the gym. So what changed? Them. So what changed when you open when you open the maturity, gym? Maturity, you know, maturity. Yeah. Like eventually, you know, you want you want to be able to give something to people long term and you want to be able to affect people in a positive way. And to do that, you need to open up classes. Yeah. You can't just be and I for a while I was teaching at a gym and I just got tired of working for people. I can't work for somebody. It's not my nature. <laughs> Can't do it. Voila, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, baby, <laughs> I, have a day, I have a day job that that I like, that, that I love. I, I, I'm in the marketing f- field. So, you know, having conversations like we had earlier, like you would talk, talk to me a little bit about TikTok. That's that's a new realm for me. But helping people like, you know, with the logo or build their website and, you know, get found online. You know, that's what I've been doing for so long. So I do love it. And because I did that for so long, it's helped us with the podcast, marketing the podcast. Now, I tell people all the time, you know. You know, people that come to me say, I want to do a podcast. You know, what advice would you give me? And the first thing I say is, don't do a podcast. And then they, they look at me and they go, what, what, what do you mean? And I just say, well, look, what kind of budget do you have? If you don't have a budget to advertise it and you're not somebody famous already or you're not going to be, you know, it, it, it takes steps. My advice to everybody lately has been do lives on Facebook and Instagram and see where it goes. See if you're comfortable See if you get some good, you know, positive feedback before you, you know, take that next step. I think that with those th- those lives now, it's it's a better way to to kind of stick your big toe in the water before I, you even start doing it on a computer and StreamYard and all the other things you could do. But I usually tell them don't do it unless you have a budget. I mean, we spent a few thousand dollars a month. We we just hit two years. We were spending for the second year. I spent about two thousand dollars a month between just you know getting a new piece of equipment every once in a while and advertising, YouTube ads, you know, boosting and posting on uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So when people ask, that's I, I don't usually throw out those numbers, but when people ask me, I say that's what we did to make this successful, you know. And we don't get you know I see like some big names out there that get twenty or thirty views on a you know podcast in like six months. And I say, like, you got to like, look, look at the numbers, look at these podcasts and you see people and they're, you know, relatively famous, more famous than me. I'm, I'm the nobody. I'm just a purple belt who likes to talk, likes to talk about jujitsu. 
And I think, uh, you know, again, that, at least that's the advice that I give. But again, there's this new world like TikTok, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like TikTok. And you, yep. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I told you this before. I did not know your TikTok numbers when I reached out to you. Yeah. As a matter no. of fact, even your, I saw your Instagram at about 15 and change right now, right? Yeah, 15 one of it. Is that, I think when I first started following you just recently, is, is that a relatively new page? Put it that way. Is it within the last yeah. year? Because yeah. I, I was started following you at about like 2,000, 3,000. Yeah. And then I told somebody, hey, check this guy out. I think I'm going to like, you know, ask him to come on the show. And it's at 15,000. Yeah. I go, am I misre- am I misremembering this? I'm like, oh shit, he just went from, he really did go from about 2,500 when I saw you to 15,000 within just a few months. Yeah. Yeah. That major growth came in a few weeks. Really? Yeah. So I have a buddy, I train him in boxing okay. and he goes, his name is Jackson. He's like, Steve, I looked at your numbers, 15K. I was like, this motherfucker buying followers. <laughs> I was like, I was, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. So what happened, and this is kind of crazy, which is, and just to go back to what you said before I to explain that, it, it's, it's bugged out how few people really know what goes into a fucking podcast or creating a piece of content. Yeah. Any of that stuff. Yeah. It, it's insane. They think, oh, Joe Rogan talks yeah. about anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Joe Rogan was on news radio. He's, yeah. He has a UFC thing. He's a fucking famous comedian. It's yeah. and he's Spotify is still pumping money into ads. I see his ads all the time. Look, I'm on, a, a, on top of what you just said and what I said about not doing it. On top of that, I have a bow. I have Bo, a producer who took care I, of all right. the technical oh, stuff. Yep, yep. <laughs> I got a bow. Uh, he he <laughs> takes care of all the technical stuff. So I just I took care of what I'm good at. Like let me talk. And let me do the marketing. So I handle the social media. I'll do the postings. I'll you know write the you know the, uh, the descriptions for the for YouTube and for for the podcast. But without him, I couldn't have done this. It would have never been successful. Me just staring at the computer, doing this, doing this, the, like uh, again, like Streamyard is a popular one. But me just doing it that way, it was never what we wanted to do. When as soon as I talked to Bo about it, who he and I had worked together years ago. And then we we kind of reconnected, and I told him about the idea. He's like, "Yeah, it's a great idea." And then, like another week later, I said, hey, "You know, you be interested in helping me with this?" And and from there, it's just been it's been great. But like you said, people don't realize like if I, I couldn't imagine having to do all the work that he does as well. You know, Insane. the setup, the cutting of the videos, you know, the intros, the outros, the music. Choose, I wouldn't have known how to do any of that, and I probably would have quit. So that's yeah. again why I go back and I tell people: start on Instagram, do a live. See who could, you know, invite a guest, Exactly. You know, invite your favorite people on, maybe some friends in the beginning, see how it goes. See if you're comfortable. Forget about if it's going to be successful. See if you're comfortable because a lot of times people are like, I don't like doing this. Oh, it's very people similar. Yeah. They think they're good for video. Yeah. And they find out real quick that maybe it's better just audio or maybe. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you know, I got a great piece of advice when I first started. Uh, a coworker was doing just kind of like a silly podcast with a bunch of our coworkers and friends and they only did the audio. And when I told them, I said, I'm going to be doing this. What do you, you know, tell me your, you know, make just tell me your suggestions. What mistakes did you make? He says, I wish I would have done video from the very beginning. And it's why we did video from the very beginning. We, we didn't just start the audio, 
But again, I had a bow. I had a bow. Bo had his camera. <laughs> he had a camera. Yeah. He had some of the equipment. He had the mics. I didn't have to invest in that. We did a dry run. We did like a dress rehearsal that we recorded. And it was like, yeah, this is going to work. We had a ball. When did you, know? you find out that you were good on video? Um, well, I don't know if I'm good on video, but uh, it was, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> that is felt, comfortable. Um, I, well, the company that I work for does video production. It used to be one of our biggest products. I worked for a full service marketing agency, a digital marketing agency called OMG national. We, part of our marketing programs was we would do a video for every client. So I was always selling it. I was always talking about it, selling it around it. There was a studio with a green screen right around the corner from my office. So I was comfortable with with kind of that kind of being in that environment. I had also worked on a TV show called Metric Revolution. It only appeared once on ESPN, long story many moons ago. But again, was comfortable with being on set and saw right. how things worked. Every once in a while, they would do we would do our own video. We would do a video for the company and they would go around and they would, you know, maybe interview some some uh, some employees. Maybe they just got you working and you were on the phone and they just took video. But one time I did an interview and uh, this kid kind of like was going around and he cut these these interviews together. So it was like he'd spin in his chair when the final cut was him spinning in his chair and he'd appear in another part of the office and talk to that person. Spin around, go back up to his office, spin around. So he cut it together that way. Yeah. And when I did that with him, this was before the podcast, it came out really well. And even the owner really liked it. It's not why we did the podcast, but when the podcast idea came up, I had no – there was no trepidation on my end. I wasn't like, oh, God, am I going to be nervous? It and then sense. we did the dry run, and that was fun as shit for me. It was just we had a good time. Uh, the guys, every you know, you, you know your training partners. You're picking on each other. You know your weaknesses. You know the move where you had your balls in his face two days ago. You know <laughs> north south and you bagging them. Yeah, you, you know it was that environment. It was like yeah, this is gonna work. It's yeah. I I love doing these now too, the one on ones. But I really, really love when we can have people in the studio and I've got a couple of my other guys because we're fooling around, we're joking, the client, the the client, the uh, the guest loosens up. It's just it's just a lot of fun. So, I, you know, very early on, I just can't even say like there was a point that we we're like, OK, uh, I feel comfortable. It just we just went into it and it just worked. So it was just like, yeah, this is. But when I looked at each other and we're like, I, I think we have something. There's a lot of messages between us that say, I think we got something here, you know. <laughs> So but you knew it took all of that experience to get to yeah. a point where you had that realization. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's an important, important thing for people to take away from this. So, okay. Tell me now, tell me your story. I've bored you with mine. Now tell me your story. Right. How did it go? Tick, what came first? Cause I, I, I see your YouTube goes back quite a bit. And yeah. so what came first here? YouTube. Um, yeah. So YouTube came first. I had a YouTube channel called Panama Dreams. So I'm in a, uh, an indie alternative rock band called Panama Dreams. We play a lot of shows in Brooklyn and all that good stuff. And so I started making vlog content around that. So I learned how to edit and, and, and do that sort of shit in like 2016. Okay. Um, but then I started the Stephen Strangles people kind of brand. Because I was like, why am I not leveraging something I've been doing since I was 15 years old and, and, and presenting this kind of content that would be palatable to a niche audience? So I started doing that. Uh, and I don't know what year that, that was. I was probably 2018. So I started that earlier. And then Instagram came after that. But I had been meandering around the corridors. I had a Panama Dreams Instagram where I was putting up behind the scenes uh, stuff of us at the show and off stage and all this kind of wild stuff. So it all kind of came together. And TikTok was the last. Mm -hmm. TikTok was the... Honest to God, I had a, a prank TikTok with my girl, then 
I, and then I said, <laughs> isn't it crazy how the one that you probably didn't take as seriously as all the other ones is the one that just goes like, Phew. it's got a million I was followers. Like, Who gives a shit about jujitsu on TikTok? I was like, I'm not going to even waste my time. I put up like me on the pads. I put up me doing a leg lock. that got like 500 views. I didn't return to it for another year. The- I, I, same story here. I have like two videos there, but one was just, just for me, like to play, to upload, to see how it worked. Yeah. And then I never opened it again. And then they said they were going to take it down. I'm like, ah, I deleted it from my phone. I'm like, it's going to be gone anyway. Trump's exactly. going to get rid when of them. Fucking China thing came out. I was like, yeah, take, t-. I swear to God, I was one of the guys that was like, take TikTok down. <laughs> TikTok. I was like, yeah. I was like, TikTok communist. I was, yeah. I was literally one of those guys. And then whatever happened, I don't know what happened. I, what was the realization I had? I, I can't. You said you did two videos. You did like a you did a joke one with your girl, and then you did something with you training. Yeah, we got like two thousand followers on that, and I realized you can grow very very fast. But I was mm-hmm. like, what's what's the quality of the followers? As you know, not yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of robots. Exactly. So I was like, what is this about? And then when I got started with the Stephen Strangles, I said I got inspired by another creator who does like ice cream videos, like nothing related to martial arts. And I said, let me see if I can implement some of these concepts and presentations, but for martial arts and fighting. And then I did that. And then I said, shit, I got 5,000 views in this video. or I got 20,000 views on this video. I'm getting followers, like real followers that are engaged, that care about what I'm doing, that are talking to me, following me, then going from TikTok to Instagram to YouTube, following me across multiple platforms. I said to myself, there's something to this. So that was the impetus. That was like the beginning. It was like leg locks. Uh, this is how you do an arm bar, stuff like that. And then some MMA stuff. But then when I, I, I took it to the next level after that. But yeah, that's where it kind of started. All right. So now what's the number? You, you gave me even a different number than I thought. I said 100,000. You're at 115,000 on TikTok now? 100, yeah, 115.8 or something like that. You got to look at it now. Like It'll be like what? Like. 16,000 16, before the end of the show? <laughs> so, I know it, sound, it sounds insane, but that this is one of the... Listen, the attention on that platform is so undervalued right now. Yeah. And and, and I want to go overly business right now. Go, go overly business. I talk about... I do one-minute marketing tips once in a while, and I put them on, on our channel, so... Yeah, because m- most of my, 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 uh, my perspective at the age I'm at now, and even like, kind of side note, like me and John, when we talk, you think it's about arm bars? 90% yeah. of the time, it's about branding. Yeah. Uh, which people don't realize how how much of a genius Sean Danaher is. That's a whole different yeah. situation. Oh, we'll, we'll get into that. That's on my list here to talk about. <laughs> but but I realized uh, really quick that this is undervalued attention. And I started reading articles about all of these corporations that are looking for influencers to endorse their products. And they don't know how to approach Gen Z. Gen Z lives on TikTok, as you know. Yeah. So figuring out how to. Uh, hack that market is a is a huge thing, and it's a race right now. And if you get you get first movers yeah. advantage. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, and look, I know you said I I just had this strange feeling you were gonna mention like Gary V. Gary V. I know That's- has been saying like TikTok, 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 and I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, another platform for me to have to to, to fuck around dude. with, and yeah, but like- I'm it's it's funny because my daughter who's 17. She gives me and my wife the TikTok rundown almost every day. We get off of work. I'm still working at home. My wife goes to the office. My wife comes home and we get like the TikToks of the day. She'll even give us like real news. And now she's saying, she's like, I get my news from TikTok. Like legit news that you're going to hear on, on, on like CNN yeah. and Fox, whatever. So I real, you know, I looked at it and I said, what the hell am I going to do? What, you know, I, I couldn't see it. I hear Gary V. I see what he's doing. I, when I, my wife is like, I don't want to have anything to do with TikTok. She's like, she won't. Doesn't even have the app on her phone. 
But then we started to realize that she'd send us videos. They were on Instagram, but they were the TikToks that were pushed to Instagram. Said, exactly. you know that you're watching TikTok already. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm watching. But look, you see the little the logo? That's from TikTok. Yep. So that's when I started to realize like, hmm. You know, yeah, this is there's something here, but it's still been in the back of my mind. It's like focus on the on uh, on getting the the studio into the to this Miami studio, getting getting this set up. And again, it was like one of the things on my list. All right, we got to figure out this out. And right even before TikTok was we really wanted to do some additional content. So putting out content videos, doing, you know, instructionals and, you know, move of the week, whatever it is. Got with my coach. He wants to do it. I, I have another friend that has a gym. I know he's like great, you know, big on the leg lock stuff. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll be the dummy, you know, jujitsu dummies. I'll be the dummy. I'll, you know, I'll be making the faces, oh, you know, and I'll let yeah. you do the moves on me. Got to be a little tongue in cheeks for us because, you know, we call, we call ourselves the dummies. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, again, it, yeah, it's been in the back of my mind. But, you know, again, I even when I asked you to be on the show, I'll say this again. It, I wasn't thinking about TikTok, and then I saw your video that said, "Hey, like you know, thank you for getting us to hundred something." You you put you posted something about a hundred thousand, and I said, "What?" I went on, I went into my app store, I redownloaded TikTok, I saw that my two little stupid videos are still there, and I popped over to you and I followed you. I'm like, "Yeah, he's really got a hundred thousand followers." And then again, this whole conversation is, is we're having yeah, now, it, so. It's insane. We'll get you on there. Yeah. Uh, I know you have a lot of, we all, yeah. we all do, but yeah, like yeah. You're, you're, you're really focused on what you need to do. You're doing it sequentially, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. 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 But you yeah. will end up there and, and man, you're going to be the first, you're going to probably, you're definitely going to be the first YouTube podcast, but like yeah, uh, well, I, podcast period. Yeah. So are there not a lot of, you know, again, I haven't really looked. I see a few jujitsu guys on there. Do you, have you, are you like one of the first guys doing what you're doing? I, I've never really used TikTok to look up MMA stuff. And hundred percent. I yeah. mean, I I have a few people that show techniques, but they don't really know how to present it. Yeah. So it does okay. Some of them just don't do very well at all. Uh, but so it's all about you know what you're doing is important, but context and how you present the product is is very very important. How did you figure out that that's what you wanted to do? Which when I say that's what you wanted to do, I mean like you're doing like your like three moves that you, everybody should know on the streets, like you know. Yep. Um, hat was that conscious? Did it come about? Because a lot of things with with like content creation, it's just like, yeah. oh shit, that video took oh. off. Let's do that. Was it consciously? I'm going to do it this way, or did it evolve? Super. It did evolve. It did evolve. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, you realize as you get older, you go, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm getting these results. I was getting maybe five to twenty thousand views per video. I was getting, let's say, ten new followers, twenty new followers per video, mm-hmm. which is good. But I'm thinking to myself, like. Okay, how do I serve more people? And what's my what's my inherent toolkit? I have, you know, some jujitsu guys are just jujitsu guys, you know, yeah. they're just guys who go and they, they roll around, that's all they know. I come from a Shotokan background, I come from a self-defense background, did jujitsu, obviously it's just a boy, and the MMA background, the stand-up. So I said, why am I just like, you know, everyone tells you niche, niche, niche. And that's true. Don't get me wrong, niche is important. I've been there, I've been there with businesses before, so it's so important. I, yeah. I I still niche, but I realized I was so narrow that I wasn't serving myself well. And I started to think to, to myself, I said, how can I serve more people? I said, why don't I lower the barrier of entry? I'm showing super sophisticated leg lock entries that 0.01% of jujitsu guys are going to be able to land. It still so blows I said, my mind when I see those videos from, from everybody, from everybody. From everybody. There's Halfway so through, videos. I'm like, okay, you, you lost me when the leg and the 50-50. And- yeah. I, I'll put them up occasionally because I genuinely enjoy it. It's fun. And I get a lot of love from the leg lock community. Yeah. But 
but it's really for that reason solely. But I realized, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm only just tooting my own horn. A lot of these fucking leg lock guys, that's all they're doing. They're going, look at how good my leg entries are. Mm-hmm. They're not really trying to help yeah. anyone. So I had to change yeah. my mentality from look at this cool move to you can use this right now. You've never done jujitsu. You mm-hmm. don't know what MMA is. You can use this right now. And because I have a skill set to be able to do that, uh, and the editing background, and it's a little affable, it's a little silly, it's a little like, is he serious? Like, I, I kind of am able to monitor that anyway. So I saw a giant, like, I, that was conscious. I said, I'm going to show some self-defense stuff. And it was just like, yeah, uh, 2 million views on my first viral video. Wow. And that changed my, that changed everything. Yeah. Changed everything. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to ha- I get yeah, this is this is it. I mean, everything happens for a reason and uh us having this conversation I think is going to get uh, you know, I have all of the, the the people in place and we've, you know, I've got a place to shoot it. I've got my dummy. And again, yep. you know, hopefully it'll it'll lead into like, hey, if you're down in Miami, let's go, hey, you mind let's go shoot a couple of videos and then we'll be able to um, you know, have Again, I'll be the dummy and let other people show. You know, I gave you my idea. Exactly. We won't say it just yet, but we'll have other people. You know, you know, do those moves on me. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, man, uh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced, yeah. man. Brands are moving there, yeah. and brands are going to see jiu-jitsu dummies now. Yeah, and they're going to go, "Oh my god, this is this yeah. beautiful niche," and they have a corner on the market, and that money's just going to funnel into the first mover, and you're going to be yeah. the first mover. Yeah. How how are you doing in kind of that realm at a hundred thousand followers? Are you like, you know, we have a sponsorship kit that we send out when somebody, you know, wants to do something with us. Where, yep. where are you there? If I can ask, we don't have to get into, no, I, into I, the real I, fine details. Transparent. Yeah. Okay, cool. I got offered uh, once you, I don't know if it was a thousand or 10,000 followers. They, they offer you to join the creator fund. So they basically pay you per a thousand views. Okay. Um, and I joined for a little while and, you're gaining money. You definitely make five to eight thousand dollars a month, maybe. If you're doing really? really big videos, if you're doing smaller videos, maybe you'll get a thousand. When you say big videos, you mean they're doing Multiple numbers videos. or longer videos? Yeah, like millions, like million oh, views. Okay, like, yeah, million views plus a, a video. Okay. Uh, um, you know, but I realized, uh, I'll tell you the truth. I I felt like because I joined that creator fund. And I could be completely wrong. So if you're another big TikToker and you end up watching it, <laughs> I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying that it's true. I might be just a conspiracy theorist, but I noticed a significant slowdown on my views. Now, why does that make sense? Well, there's only a certain amount of money that TikTok has. So they're going to suppress views to a certain degree to, to pay certain, okay. maybe less. Maybe I'm wrong. I know that I literally stopped the creator fund and my views went back to like 340,000 views, a million views. To me. So I'm, that's a personal thing. I don't yeah. know if that's correct. I could we be still wrong. love you, TikTok. We still love you. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, you're helping me out a lot. But yeah, I don't know how that, that works. So I'm out of the creative fund. I don't want any money from them. Uh, and I don't do any I don't do any work with any brands because I'm not really in a position where I'm ready to sell, not sell out my audience, but sell to my audience. I feel like I still have to cultivate a significant connection with them mm-hmm. and it's there but it's not there enough in my opinion so are you are, so are you monetizing right now are you you're not you decided to take a step back and say i'm going to do this i'm very way. fortunate that i have i have a gym that's successful i have the youtube which is a little bit of money patreon which is more money and that's kind of what i'm, I'm happy with right now i'm doing pl- doing well and i think sometimes guys get into trying to make it so your situation is completely different because these brands want to get seen yeah. on your platform yeah but me, I got to say, I fuck with this product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do I really fuck with this product? You know, what I, and yeah. I don't really have many products I fuck with. So, yeah, I, I'm not confident in selling to people uh, okay. at the moment. Okay. 
All right. So, yeah, I mean, like, we have a CBD sponsor. I was using the CBD. You know, he gives away, uh, like, we'll ask some listener questions, and he gives away a bottle to for each question that we use. I've been using – I started using the CBD after he came aboard. Yeah. You know, I hadn't really – I used a little bit of CBD here and there, but then yeah. I started using it. So, you know, other than that, it's like apparel – Skis, t-shirts, things like that. So that's a little bit easier because, yeah. you know, it's like, listen, I, I had a funny t-shirt site and then I had the podcast store and I had an MMA site at one point. So it's kind of like, listen, I just love wearing t-shirts. My wife hates yeah. it, but I just love wearing MMA related stuff or, you know, and, and jujitsu specific. So do you now. go, do you go directly to these people? You have, you said you have a press kit and all that good stuff. I have a, I, I use a sponsorship kit. Yeah. Um, I kept it to a one pager and, you know, uh, and we talked about this on a recent episode too. The way that we've come into sponsors has almost always been with them doing some type of giveaway to our audience first. Mm. So it like uh, my CBD guy, he was just a product like, you know, a, you know, product sponsor and then sponsor. Right. right you know, sponsors right. usually money and product, you know, uh, you know, product sponsors were were what we started with. And and like you, I didn't worry about monetizing. I didn't worry about like asking everybody for we knew we, we had to build an audience. We were brand new. Nobody was, you know, nobody knew who the hell we were. Yeah. So a lot of them had done giveaways and then they saw results. They loved being involved with the podcast. Besides the podcast, you know, if you watch our Instagram I integrate them into as much of the Instagram posts, the graphics, and I put their logos on yeah, stuff. And they have that. like frames for each individual. If I if I'm in like today, I'll be in this T-shirt. This is DD two fourteen, DD two fourteen fight wear. I'll make sure I get a picture of this, and I'll put it in a frame, and I'm going to post it. Hey, you know, did the podcast today, and you know, start tagging people. So we do a really good job of that. Again, just experience doing it for clients. Yeah. So, uh, so I. The easiest way, because I do have a nine to five, is if I see something cool on Instagram, I shoot him a message. I'll say, look, you know, I, re I really like that shirt or I've bought that product or I have your gi, really love it. I see that you put something new out. Are you interested in talking to us? You know, have you ever done anything with podcasting? And or because the social media person that's on the other side of that for bigger brands may not always be the person that's making, you know, other marketing or, or branding decisions for, for podcasts. Right. So I'll usually ask, who could I talk to on that end about you guys sponsoring the podcast? Very direct. I don't have time to go back and forth and to BS. Look, we need money to keep the podcast going and to grow. This is what we do. I'll send them a podcast. I'll send them maybe all in Instagram, all in the chat. Just like I did when I approached you, hey man, love what you're doing. Love, you know, just like that, I send them if they're interested. Then I send them just a, a, an image of the, the sponsorship kit, just a one pager, three three packages, my phone number, logo. Bo did a really nice job of setting it up, and that's it. And then I'll get interest, some questions here. For when COVID happened, when COVID uh, COVID happened, we I very much went to pay us monthly, mm. cancel at any time kind of thing. Look, mm -hmm. pay us monthly. You get billed once a month. You know, everybody was having, you know, we. I started going after sponsors as soon as COVID happened. Like one year in, we were like, okay, now we've got numbers. Let's look for sponsors. And then COVID happened. So it was really hard. So it was hard to ask anybody to pay you for six months or a year. So then I just went to a straight month-to-month -month model. And what Try do you find out. to be more effective overall? Month-to-month -month or uh, the books? I would months? prefer, I would prefer to do it annually. Okay. Uh, be, or, you know, six months or, or annually. I even run a special like first three months for free if you pay annually. So gotcha. I prefer to do it that way for a very specific reason. Okay. 
this takes time. I'm not going to put out a podcast and you're going to get 50 sales the next day. On top of that, this needs to be look at, you need to look at this as a branding opportunity, right? They're going to see you on the podcast. They're going to see me post on my Instagram because those people are probably following us. And then it takes a few times. I call it the Coca-Cola model, right? You see 100 Coca-Cola uh, yes. you know, commercials in an hour-long episode of a show. A few times. Yep. Brandon, how many times – I actually say this to clients. How many times you – know, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a rum and coke guy or yep. a captain and coke. I've never gone to a bar and said, can I get a Captain Morgan's and Pepsi? Or, hey, give me a Captain <laughs> Morgan's and RC Cola. Yep. I asked for a Coke. I don't give a fuck if they put Pepsi in it. I don't care if they do RC Cola or whatever. I don't care if they use the cheap Publix brand. Pathmark. Yeah. You're from up in New York. Pathmark. Yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. frills. Yeah. No frills. I don't care what they use. I've been branded to all my life to say Coke. The power so, of yeah. Coca-Cola in the so, name. Yeah. You know, try. you have to explain that to somebody who is maybe just selling T-shirts, right? A guy that's selling Ferraris and a guy that's selling T-shirts, they each sell one item. There's obviously a difference in, in what they're going to make, right? I tell people, this is a branding opportunity. We're going to put out coupon codes. We're going to, you got to do what we do. Do what we tell you to do. Make sure that you keep us in swag for the show. Make sure that you're reposting. When we tag you or post, like you, you've got to show an affiliation to the show. You've got to show it in your feed as much as we're showing it in ours. It helps us, but it helps you too. Oh, they're, oh they're involved with the podcast. If they feel a connection to the show, they're going to feel more of a connection to, uh, you know, to your product too. Uh, so, you know, those little things that I tell them, look, it takes time and these videos are never going to go away. These video videos are always going to be there. We get sometimes even on the regular the podcast sound, I could see the numbers where, you know, somebody, you know, I could see the numbers on a brand new podcast launch. And but I'll yeah. see like the totals like are in the hundreds or the thousands of total downloads. It's people going back. They listen to one and then they go back to the beginning, then listen to them all. You know, right. so right. Yeah, yeah, there's value in going back all that time. And, you know, if if. If we stay consistent, consistency and frequency, the more that we're talking about each other, the more frequently we talk about each other, everybody's going to do really well. So now I've got to make that pitch sometimes in an Instagram conversation. So it's hard to say all of that. But I do tell them, look, this is a branding opportunity. I try to move it to if somebody's serious, I'll try to move that to a conversation on the phone. But. They've got to understand that because you don't, when you're doing a month to month model, you can't have somebody go, well, I only got one sale the first month, so I'm out. You know, you get, look, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. You have to, I want to make it clear. I'd rather not do anything with somebody than just have them come in and do something for a month. And we've changed all our graphics and we're including them on the show. And like when you see the episode, like probably under my butt here on the bottom right of the screen, we used to have monitors in the in the studio with the logo scrolling of our sponsors. And now we just put it directly on the screen. It just looks better. And I think it provides more value. Bo came up with that idea. So uh, hats off to him. But we're, we're doing everything we can to just show them as much as possible. What other podcasts, think of any podcast, like Rogan, Big, Small, Nobody's scrolling the logos on the screen. Like, right. If you listen to the podcast, oh, if you listen to him on right. the, if you listen to him right now on um, just the podcast sound, right. You hear that you can just fast forward through the videos. Yeah. So like, you know, us showing the logos and talking about them in the, in the episode, in the podcast, at least that's what we're doing. We're still doing now. There's just more value there. So, 100%, you know, yeah. listen, I mean, I don't, you know, again, you say you're getting you're talking, a lot done you know, via DMS. Which, if anyone's listening to this, yeah. if you're just a competitor, an MMA fighter, your opportunities are right in front of you. Like yeah. You can literally DM somebody, and, and okay. so much can change. I'm sorry. Bo was telling me I'm popping really bad on the mic. Yeah, you turn it 
just a little bit. Wait. No, no, no. Turn it sideways so you're not talking directly. Okay, okay, I got you. You want to be no, close like, to it, but okay. you don't want to breathe. He tells me I'm pop, 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 popping a lot. Yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. yeah. So when you're driving in the car, yeah. you don't know if that's the road or. If that... <laughs> we won't cut this out. See, this is what happens. I, I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off there. You were saying. No. Yeah. The, the effect that you can have via DM, like the digital footprint you have, the ability to reach someone in a split second. It used to be like, remember when they used to say back in the 90s and early 2000s or whenever, like. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. Like we're all just six people away from Kevin Bacon or six people away from Donald Trump or whatever. Now it's like literally you can go straight to that person via DM and at least make your pitch. The pitch might yeah. fail, but you can make the pitch. Yeah. I you know because I, again, I don't have a lot of time. It that's a very convenient way of me doing it. But as soon as I see that there's interest, I'll ask them if they want to, you know, have a you know, have a call. Let's move sure, this to sure. a to a phone call. What number can I reach on? And that's happened. I mean, we've got six solid sponsors of the show. Um, you know, we work with We Defy, Fight Back, DD214, uh, Warriors Next Adventure, another nonprofit. So, you know, all of these companies, uh, Flow and Roll, has, you know, he'll send out uh, free belt, embroidered belts to some of our listeners when they when they win. A, we do we give away a lot of stuff, too. That was a big hook from the beginning. I was giving stuff away. I was giving stuff away before we recorded our first episode. My wife was like, why are you? Why would anybody want to wear this? They don't even know who you are. You haven't even put out a podcast yet. I love free stuff, though. People, jujitsu guys love free stuff. <laughs> jujitsu guys love free stuff. They love t-shirts. They love rash guards. So I just started giving stuff away. And yeah. we built our audience. You know, we were we were doing, you know, into the hundreds before we put out our first one. But, you know, we, we built that from the beginning. So that's kind of been our thing. Between our Patreon listeners, we do raffles every month. Uh, we give away. Again, with our, our, our sponsors, we do a lot of giveaways. I mean... I don't know what you said. You said you've been talking to like Danaher about branding and other ideas. Listen, I tell everybody nothing sells better than free. And it's a great way to continue. To, yeah. You, it's a great way to continue to build your brand, especially like if you're not monetized, but somebody does approach you for something like, Hey, listen, this company approached me. I'm going to give away these five or 10 things. You're kind of endorsing them, but not really. And you can even say, Hey, I want you guys to tell me what you think. Should I bring them aboard? Like, you know, kind of, you know, play with it like Include that a little bit? Include the audience with the decision-making. Makes them feel even more a part of the more authentic. Are you getting approached? Are you getting approached now? Or? Oh, not particularly. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No, not particularly. Yeah, and, and not, is there not, is there a plan on like time frame? Like when I get to this number, I'm going to do it or? Yes. Yeah. On yeah. TikTok. I'm, I got a number for that. And on yeah. TikTok, <laughs> fucking moves, man. Yeah. Instagram. Instagram, uh, I, I guess. I mean, you know, I think I'm probably going to have. I don't know. I mean, 15 is just not enough for me to make any real moves. That's maybe even worth it for me, but definitely, yeah. definitely uh, TikTok. I, I see some big potential with that that platform. So now you again, let's go back to Danaher. You said you talk to him. Obviously, anybody that's listening would be like, John Danaher. I'm going to ask him about leg locks. And you <laughs> said you guys, you guys talk a lot about about branding and stuff like that. Like, you know, what kind of what kind of things do you talk about? Or what kind of advice is he giving well, you? I think the most the goal the, the biggest tip he ever gave me was. Um, when I first came back, because I was out of jiu-jitsu competition for like over 10 years, a long time. I was kind of over it in a sense. and, and Training, I but stopped competing? No, always tra training, always training. Always training, okay. Always training, always teaching. But just like over the fucking waiting around to do competitions, and I just wasn't into it. Anyway, I got the bug again. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go compete, John. I said, okay, yeah, do some, do like 50 matches, and then we'll do this, do that. And I did a tournament. I obviously ran through a bunch of these guys. But the thing is... I was so excited, you know, because you win. 
you fucking heel hook someone, you're like, oh man, he's got 20 some 22 year old kids. I'm like, yeah, boy. I'm like getting up. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and then I guess, and, you know, it, it, it fucking shocks people and I'm slapping the mat. And not, not overly celebratory, but just enough where it's like, it's like I'm a beast. I'm a fuck up. Anyone this tournament, I'm crushing anyone. And uh, John, John's like, right now, Stephen, you have the Mike Tyson thing going. Mike Tyson never made as much money when he was the bad guy as he did when he was the good guy. He's like, brands didn't want to work with him. When he was doing this, mm-hmm. they wanted to work with him when he was doing this. So we had talks. Uh, I was mentored by George St. Pierre for a lot of years as well. So we had these big sit downs where we go, well, little sit downs, really. But it was like, wh- what do you see me as? Do you see me as a Tyson, the McGregor or the the GSP? And he was very upfront. He said, Stephen, when I when I sit with you since you were a boy, it was always you're a nice guy. You're always really kind to your training partners. You, you never hurt anybody in the training room. You consider it. GSP. And I was mentored by GSP since I was 16 years old. So it made logical sense to me. Mm-hmm. As you can see, Gordon took the McGregor path, uh, which is an effect, arguably a more effective path for immediate uh, short term, like buying. And then the third is the Tyson. That Anyway, that's how John breaks it up. And then the Tyson thing is like it intimidates people and it may even get people talking, but it, it is a little off putting. So if you if you go from one tournament where I I'm like cranking legs and fucking getting up and fucking talking. And the next tournament, I'm helping. And it, it was authentic, by the way. Yeah. It wasn't changing my personality. Both reside in me. But I decided to skew more towards yeah. this was expected and and maybe treat people a little better, maybe be careful about how I present myself a little bit. Yeah. John really was the one that made me turn turn that over. All right. Present myself differently. I, I, I agree with that path. I'm glad that you took that path. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I think that that in your world, you know, from the I'm, I'm outside looking into your world and the people that you've trained with, you could have easily probably been successful going any of those ways. Thank you, John. You hear that? <laughs> I think you could have been successful doing any of those ways. Yeah. Um, you know, like Craig Jones, he's the comedian. Love watching his stuff. Love, you know, watch the uh, the the Flow Grappling show the other day. Did you have? Do you watch Flow Grappling at all? I I, I pop in occasionally. Yeah. What he, do you do? He did well. They did the. Um, uh, the Danaher is like a DHS and NPR. Oh yes, so I he did was see that. he was episode two. Like they focused on okay. him for episode two, and he was like you know running around with Taza and everything. So, yeah. uh, but you know, look, I'm in agreement with you, and I think part of that I, I don't know when those first conversations were had, but y- we get to an age where you start to realize that kind of being a good guy isn't. It's easier to be good. It's a lot of work. Doing, I take nothing away from what he's done. Yes, it takes a lot of work to be an asshole. It, it, it's a it's lot a easier to smile and be nice and to shake things off. And no, sir, no, thank you. No, listen, I'm not going to get into it with that guy. Delete, delete a follower, not after answer them. I haven't had to deal with a lot of that, but occasionally, yeah. you know, deleting a comment like, "Well, that was stupid. I, I don't want to look at it." Up. Guess what? I don't have to look at it. I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to take the Joe Rogan approach and say, "Well, I'm just not going to look at it." When I do see something, I go. Well, you're an asshole. So I'm going to do it. I've never answered a negative comment. We've only had a handful, but I really? just chose to go that way. You yeah. know, so um, I, I just think it's uh, it's cleansing. At least this is for me. It's cleansing for the soul to be nicer. Again, Thank we you. give away a lot of stuff. We yeah. work with We Defy. We work with two veteran like PTSD organizations. That makes me feel good. And that was really easy decision for us from the beginning. Like tongue in cheek, self-deprecating, give a lot of stuff away and 
and help out people who need it. You know, we, we awarded two scholarships ourselves under our own foundation to two kids, uh, one that supports tap cancer out. And we, we gave her a scholarship and the little boy, Bridger Walker, the little boy that, that saved his sister, he got bit in the face by a dog, saved his sister. He was our very first scholarship winner. And so we, we paid for their jujitsu for, for, for one year. So great. Yeah. But, I'm I'm saying that to you. I'm getting I'm legitimately getting chills saying that when I share that with people, that feels so much better. I've got freaking goosebumps on my leg right now. I it it's so much more fulfilling to do that. So keep on doing what you're doing. I I love what you the content that you put out. And look, yeah. I'm from New York, so yeah. I know you know I still got the hey you know like the coffee <laughs> water mother you know. Everybody I moved yeah. down to Florida with was from New York, so it was uh, it was hard to lose the accent. I don't know but, what uh, you're talking yeah. about. Both from New York too. Both from New York. Oh, both. Both from Queens. Both from Queens. Water and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way they say it down here. But. Um, you know, it, it, I I think it's that New Yorker, right? The I think that's what resonates as somebody who's a Floridian now. I'm almost you know yeah. down here half my life. The New York attitude resonates with people, and the way you uh, speak. I mean, that the way you talk is the way that the people that I hung out with in New York talk. You know, I'm on right. Long Island, but yeah. Nature. But other people they see that and they you know it's the perceived toughness. Yeah. And it's also perceived like, well, that guy's from New York. I'm going to listen to him. He's got to be a badass, yeah. right? So you're that's good for you. That's a, that's good for your brand, just the way you talk. You know, I got the same, you know, I got the same. That's uh, it, you bro. Know, I got the, the same fade. Bar, I got cleaned up. You know, I think, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people look at us and if they judge a, a guy like you or me by the cover, they're like, oh, look at that guy. Up. I remember before fades, like where I lived on Long Island, before people started getting their hair cut like this, it was just like, must be a hoodlum. You know, baggy yeah. pants back in the day in yeah, the nineties. Yeah. You know, sagging off my butt a little bit. There's a connotation that comes with that, right? Straight A student. Well, it's a, a, A's and B's. Let me not lie. Yeah. A's and B's. My father was a cop. I was a good kid. Never got in any trouble till I was like in my late teens. <laughs> then I yeah. went crazy. But uh, but I think that's a lot of what you have that you're bringing to the table when it comes to these videos. You know, the I try to be as conscious about it as I possibly can. But at a certain point, you really don't know how people are perceiving you. And you also don't you can't give too much concern about it. I'm just really concerned that I'm being a good person as much as I can be, because like you said before, it feels better to be a good person than it does to be an asshole. You're on a fucking hamster wheel if you want to be an asshole every day. of your life. It's exhausting. And you enter your 30s it becomes unimaginably exhausting, you know? And where does that end? What do you do when you're 45? You're still that asshole guy? Yeah. Now you want to pivot to being your authentic good guy self? Good luck with that. And you're training. And then I'm assuming you got, you have a kid's program? You train kids? Uh, Yes. Or at least, you know, some young adults? Yes, we do. We have kids, yeah. All right. So we had uh, Marcelo Cohen on the show last week. Yeah. I didn't go that far into this, but somebody sent me a really stupid message to ask him a question. The guy was a gym owner. I thought it was a really stupid question. And even he challenged me like, you won't ask him this. Keep the, keep the prize. You won't ask him this. And he sent me a question. And I'm like, it was an insulting question, not to me, but to the guests. I'm like, I'm not going to answer this. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, if I showed the world what that person said, if you follow his Instagram, he owns a gym and he's training kids. Is Crazy. this who is this who you want? Again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the name of the person, but just in a general sense, um, if parents saw what he the content he was putting out, and if parents saw the what he sent me, they would probably think twice about the sending their kids to train to train with Absolutely. him. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for you, you're, you're also a businessman. You're a gym owner. Imagine, again, I don't know. You know, Gordon, a lot of what Gordon does is responding to people. He's very yes. open about that. He usually doesn't go on the attack until he gets attacked. So I'm going to give him that. A McGregor who's looking for the fight, who's yep. like everybody's a dickhead and everybody's wrong. He's the only one that's right. There's a difference, like in the in the the, the way they're being a heel, right? Hundred percent, yes. But if you want to run your business, especially in our world, and you're going to have a kids program, which your kids programs become your adults program, you 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 got to watch what you say. And again, you got to be a good person. Am I gonna? If I had a child that I was looking to put in a gym, I'm going to look at your Instagram. I'm going to look at your videos. I'm going to look at your reviews online. And if you're that a-hole, you know, I'm probably not going to bring my kid to your gym and that affects your business, you know? And it takes a certain amount of mature foresight to be able to, to see that and be like, Oh, this is going to fuck with my bottom line. And this is not worth it. Now, Gordon is a, is not, he's an amazing teacher. He's the best mind in jiu-jitsu in my opinion, but he's not, a gym owner. He's not a, he's not a business owner. He's a, he, he's a fucking world-class competitor. So his, his path makes a lot of sense. He's bringing more attention to the brands that work with him. Mm-hmm. And he's not saying things that are racist, homophobic, but yeah. he's riding a very smart line. And for McGregor too, it's like the, for him, attention is the bottom line where with me and with you, uh, the attention is the bottom line, but it has to be the right attention. Yeah. Yeah. Again, look, and, and I, you know, I have a, I have a 27 year old daughter and I have a 17-year-old daughter. Right. So right. it's also what kind of image am I portraying to them? Yeah. You know, I don't want to be the guy, you know, you're one video away from somebody ripping you apart online, right? They, everybody has a camera and they can review you in a in five seconds. Heartbeat, you know? yes. Yeah, and, 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 really, and really mess with you. Look at this whole cancel culture, however you feel about it. That's how quick you get. That's, you're just like one video away or one review away from somebody really screwing with your business. So, yeah. you know, again, it's just, it's just easier to be a good person. But let, let's go kind of back to some of those Danaher conversations again. So you got, you're talking about branding, but what, what do you talk about when you are talking about MMA and Jiu-Jitsu? Do you, does he help you kind of on that front? Is it more like business? The, you said yeah. branding. Do you talk about the school? Do you talk about, you know, training jujitsu? And do you see him face to face? Yeah. Yeah. There's some things that he's, he's, he's talked about. Uh, I don't know if it's public. Uh, I, I think there's affiliations. I'll just say that, that are going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. And we did talk about my possible involvement with that. Yeah. And maybe it's going to be a multi-state uh, sort of situation going okay. on. Multiple gyms. And I could possibly, I will be involved with that, but uh, um, that's about that's about it in terms of uh, kind of future goals, business wise, as far as as I know. Um, and really, most of the marketing came comes down to what we talked about before: being aggressive, being aggressive in the DMs. That's something yeah. he pushes too. You can't sit around and wait for uh, promoters to get a hold of you, for brands to get a hold of you. Go in and get after it. And, yeah. and He's big on making noise. And, he, and again, he, you know, I'll give a little tip again. I, I've, I've said before, I tell people, don't start a podcast unless you have money. There are other ways to do it. I'm get, My path, my opinion, that is my opinion. I do believe in the giveaway model, though. Let them, it, they can give away product. They send. They don't send it to me, so they don't have to like think that I'm taking, let me grab a couple of shirts from me. Everything gets sh- directly to the winners, but let's do a giveaway. And it usually gets people interested in saying, I might have approached somebody that's never heard of the show. They start listening. They start watching the videos. They start looking at the snippets. They follow us online. 
And then all of a sudden, they do this giveaway. There's usually a quick little bump. You start to see like numbers change. I always take a snapshot of everybody's Instagram so that that's I can dope. see when I right right before I launch the first one, and I can see what's moved like just in a, in a couple of days. But you know, again, I said before, nothing sells better than free. That's a great way for them to do something with us. Everybody's okay with giving out some product, especially in our world, because everybody's looking for sponsors and everybody's looking for, for product. And I, again, I think that's a great way. So I don't know if you would take that uh, that advice from me, but for anybody that's looking to start a podcast, it, it's a great way. Let's do some giveaways. Let's let's give some stuff away. Let's make it about the listeners, and that endears people to you. And and people are gonna you know wind up giving you a shot. Again, I was doing the giveaways before we even put one video out, and it that's why I, that's why I prodded you a little bit on that. I, I said, wait a second. I didn't understand how the free thing worked. I've seen it before, but I, I haven't been, I was never really privy to how it worked and yeah. what, how to implement it properly. I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, so, on Instagram, it's easy. Put out the picture. Hey, tag, you know, tag two friends, tag two training partners, yes, repost this. It, yeah. It's easy. I don't know how that would translate over to TikTok. I'm so new to that. Like how, exactly. how do you do a giveaway in a video? And then how does that help you spread the word? Yeah. You know, I, that's something you'll teach me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it can work. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. now and I'm thinking, yeah. It could definitely see it working. So we glazed over a little name that you mentioned before, GSP, George St. Pierre. Yeah. So you said he's, you know, tell us about that relationship. You said he was mentoring you since about 16. And and I think uh, you mentioned you were one of his main sparring partners for a while. At least maybe I read that on your website. Yeah, yeah. We Well, I think it started. He started coming down from Montreal to Henzo's gym back when we were over the methadone clinic. We were on the fifth floor <laughs> over a dude, over methadone clinic. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. it was. One had <laughs> one heavy bag in the corner, and George was just a white belt. I mean, he was a generation older than me, but he was a white belt. I was a white belt, and we always knew this dude had some special talent. I think he was already fighting as a white belt, like he was already like fucking double legging guys and beating the shit out of people. Yeah, at such a young age. Um, but so we became friends. We trained a bit, and then I think it was right before the Aldo, not Al, the right before the uh, Alves fight. Remember Alves that fight? How Jack? I don't know if you remember Did that. Tiago Alves. Yeah. Yeah. Thiago was just like, dude, that was Thiago at his most bulkiest. Like, I've seen him in a club down here in Florida one time, and he's just like, yeah. it's a little bit, I think he's like my height, and he was like two of me at that time. He's <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, he's such a scary dude. Yeah. So, so uh, George, I came down, I rolled with George, the cameras were there at the time, the, the UFC cameras were there, and he was like, holy shit. He's like, we hadn't trained for a little while, because I don't know if people know this, but after Matt Sarah fought George, George was no longer allowed to come to the gym. So he was ex he was no longer allowed to go to Henzo's. Oh, that's oh, wow. right. He, uh, Sarah's a Henzo Gracie, right? He's yeah, a Henzo he, Gracie he, affiliate, right? He's, yeah, he's Henzo's first American black belt. So, that's right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, they were like, George, we love you, but you ain't allowed here. And that, that put John in a tough spot, too, because now John's like, this is my protege. How the fuck do I? So John would have to <laughs> so, put him on. Oh. So let me stop you real quick. So that first yeah. time they fought, that was, was that when Sarah won? The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, that's the first fight, right? Yes. Yeah. Hadn't fought before that. So Matt Sarah wow. wins the wins the Ultimate Fighter. I forget what season that was. Yeah. And that's that's when they brought back some kind of veterans and some some fighters. I think right. They that brought back right. the vets. Sarah wins the Ultimate Fighter. Sarah beats. Uh, back then it was uh, if you won the show, at least on that season, if you won the show, you got title the fight. Yeah, title shot. Yeah. Crazy yeah. The opportunity. Yeah. Nuts. And he wins. And George. George wasn't, I mean, I love you, Matt Sarah, and you're the fucking man. And you, he inspired me to a level that I can't even explain. Watching him move and take people's backs before Marcelo Garcia was arm dragging to the back. 
Matt Sarah was on your back like a tumbleweed. Yeah. I mean, no one's firing. <laughs> so nothing but beautiful things to say about that guy. He's a wonderful person. But George was, you know, he was the champ and he was drinking and, and, and drinking wine in France. I, I I don't think he trained at all for that fight. And he would tell you this, but really? Yeah, he trained wow. maybe one week for that fight. Uh, and not that it would have changed the results because when Matt hits you with that overhand, you, you, you know, yeah. your legs are going. He hits very hard. Um, but, yeah, so he was extradited. He was, he was not allowed in the gym. So I hadn't seen him for a while. So when he came back after the whole Matt Serra fiasco was sort of smoothed out, I had matured a little bit, got a little bigger, put on some pounds, and we rolled. And he was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was training with back in um, a few years back. So he said, show me some tricks, some single legs, some this, that. He's like, how about you come up to Montreal? He's like, I'm, I'm fighting this dude, Alves. I mean, you're bigger than Alves, but, like, he's similar looking to you. I was like, yeah, I'm down. So he started flying me out there. That was the first fight we uh, we ever worked together. He brought me up as a jiu-jitsu partner and to help him with jiu-jitsu while John couldn't be there. But then after he realized I had boxed and I had kickboxing experience. So then I said, can I spar? And then Frost was like, yeah, you can jump in. Jump in with you guys. <laughs> like a box. And he was like, shit, I can use you as a sparring partner. So we started working together more, more so after that. But it goes back as far as 16. Wow. Yeah, it goes way back, man. So so you when did that stop? You said for about five years you did that? Did that did, yeah, did, uh, how, how did how did he get how, how did he get his ticket back in? Because he did start coming back to, to train with, with Henzo's, right? I I mean yes. I mean I've seen him recently. I guess that yeah. beef or whatever that was is oh, kind yeah. of squashed. It was right gone. after the it was maybe a fight after the Sarah, the second Sarah. Then they fought again and, and GSP wins, right? They only fought twice, right? Did they wind up? They yeah. didn't fight a third time. They didn't. There was no trilogy. Twice, he twice. wins. The, he wins the title back. Yeah. Is he welcome back into the gym at yes, some yeah. point soon? You know, did it they was go- water under the bridge. There was yeah. no hard feelings at all. Yeah. It was just something that was political, but it made a little bit of sense. And Sarah trained in Henzo's in that above the methadone clinic. He trained there before he had his yeah. gym, or is that at that time he had he had his own he, gym he too at that, time. that gym, and he had his own gym. Okay, and he trained even before that location where they were like. They were working out of a kung fu kind of spot. Like there was a yeah. kung fu section, and then there was like the jujitsu section with like regular like gym mats on the floor that you would find in a twelfth yeah. grade gym class or something like that. <laughs> you know, the ones with like a velcro that keeps the two different pads together. Yeah, that's how that that, that yeah. predates me. That predates yeah. me. Yeah. Wow. But I started jujitsu in two thousand and two. Which like is ridiculous. So you said you when when you first met GSP though, you guys were both white belts at the same time. We we're both white belts. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I then, was just young. So tell us a little bit about kind of the MMA, the Muay Thai side of things. Uh, I didn't give a, a shout. I, again, I, I read some of your bio on your website, but you've also uh, trained with yeah. some, some prominent Muay Thai guys as well. Yeah. So we trained. I, I managed to get a hold of. Uh, shout out to Matt Ruskin if you hear this, Matt Ruskin. Matt Ruskin brought over Koban who's one of the most legendary kickboxers and Muay Thai fighters of all time. He's fought Ramon Deckers twice, three times maybe. He knocked okay. Ramon Deckers out, which is ridiculous. Uh, one of the greatest chins I've ever seen in my life. Amazing left kick. Uh, so I started training Muay Thai under him. And before that, even when I was 16, I started boxing at a Gleason's boxing gym in Brooklyn, mm. which is a legitimate, I mean, as legit as you get. Zab Judas from there. I mean, you could just go down the line of great boxers that come out of that gym. So... Yeah, Koban though. Koban is, is is next level Muay Thai right there. Incredible traditional Muay Thai. So now do you still you mentioned before that you got back into the competing and you had this conversation with John about, you know, kind of the person that you wanted to be and the slap in the mats and you know and the heel yeah. looking. Are you still doing competitions now? 
Is that I did a fight to win a few uh, a few months ago. I did a fight to win. Okay. I fought an undefeated guy who was four and zero in fight to win black belt. Way more experienced than me, younger than me. I'm an old man now, so <laughs> I came in, but I beat him, and I was excited. I, I I got if you look at my post right after that match, I'm like I want a title shot right away. I roll with, <laughs> I, I roll I roll with Taza every single day. I roll with Nicky Rodriguez. I roll with Nicky Ryan. I know where I'm at, yeah. so I'm like. Give me this motherfucking title. I'll win this fight to win title. I'll beat the kids, the young guys, the adults, and I'll take the old man's title. Uh, <laughs> but then, then the day after my my match, Philly shut down. Philly shut down. Oh. Uh, this must have been in, I don't remember the month, but it shut down. And then everything got moved to Texas and Miami. And I'm like, like I told you, I'm not working with sponsors. I'm like, I'm not going to fly myself down and fight for free, bro. Yeah. For two, you know. I, I didn't get any followers off that one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I have a different perspective and I am a content creator. So I, I have to balance out, you know, it has to make me money. I, you know, we had a, a, a familiar with Alec Balding. You know, Alec yeah, Balding. yeah. I have, I've seen his stuff on yeah. Instagram. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He's a, you know, he's a content creator. been doing it for a long time as well. And, you know, I, I don't know if necessarily Gordon let the cat out of the bag recently when he talked about how much money he's making from the instructionals, I guess, like the BJJ fanatic stuff. And, but I think everybody's been, at least the people that I'm talking to, have been a little bit more open. Like, hey, I do these competitions to help me make a living doing, you know, the, you know, building my followers and selling my instructionals. Yeah. I don't know that I heard a lot about that before Gordon just, again, is just like, hey, everybody, here's a peek behind the curtain. This is what, this is how I'm making my money. You hear the word, yeah, I'm making a million dollars a month. All of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, shit. We yeah, didn't know so that's what was going on. John is, I mean, maybe, but John's responsible for all that. So John had that conversation with me personally as well. Yeah. He's like, Stephen, you're never going to make money as a competitor. Jiu-Jitsu competitors don't make money. You can't live off $100,000 a year, even if you're peaking, the way Gordon says, 250000 if you competed every single month. Mm. That's that's not real money that you could retire with. He's like, your competitions are just your calling card. It's just your your marketing for you, like you said. That was his, whole, like, verbatim, what you just said yeah. is what John told me in, in personal. Yeah. The thing is that creators and, and jiu-jitsu guys have to remember, MMA guys have to remember, is it could be your competitions, but you might blow your knee up. You may never win ADCC. So you have to figure out another way to get people to buy your instructionals or to buy into you. That's why it's called the creator economy. You have to figure out how to tap into creating content that can scale up yeah. and make you that money. Kendall Rusing, who just won a title last night at Fight to Win, yeah, she, she was on a, a last month, and yeah. she she just she said exactly that. We had a whole conversation about the business of jujitsu. And how you need to diversify, just like you would di diversify your portfolio if you were buying stocks or, you know, I have stocks here, real estate here. She was saying the same thing. She's like, I'm a content creator. I, my family owns multiple gyms. I mean, that's part of her world. She that's coaches. Great. She does, you know, she, I don't think she, I don't know if she's done an instructional yet. I'm not 100% sure. But she also does like a, a mentoring program. So like people can come to her and she'll mentor them. So she's, you know, got her hands in lots of different things and she's gone after her own sponsors and, and she does it all. And this is exactly what she, what you just said is exactly what she said. You, if I was to get hurt and I had to stop, could I look Gordon seeing that right now? If I got hurt, it, it's that the stomach issue, whatever that is. If that, if something makes me stop being able to compete, what else do I have? And, and fighters said, don't want to hear that. There's this is the thing about a young. If I would have went back and told myself at 20 when I was training boxing and sparring pros and going to Texas to fight, if I would if I would have told my young self, Steve, you really should consider shooting a TikTok. 
because you might blow both my ACLs. I'll say it. I don't care because I, I don't know when I'm going to compete. Both my ACLs are torn. But you don't, like, if I would have told myself that back then, I wouldn't have listened. I'm like, Steve, older Steve, get the fuck out of my face. I got this. <laughs> get out of here, old man. Yeah, I don't want to fucking hear it. But the truth of the matter is, chances of you winning ADCC? Yeah. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's be real. I got them really tight. <laughs> I got them really tight. Yo, <laughs> yo, you're not winning ADCC. You might win the Worlds. You may win the Worlds Masters. And guess what? Even if how, – how about this? Let's be real with everybody who's listening to this. How many ADC champion, ADCC champions do shit sales? The metrics on those sales are very bad. A lot of people are not as lucky as you or I with the marketing background, you with a guy like right. John Danaher and, and just the whole squad and, 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 you know, knowing what Gordon does, a lot of people don't have anybody telling them this stuff. So it drives me nuts when I even, you know, I've gotten people that have asked me for stuff and I'll send them, send them a t-shirt or a rash guard to say, the more I see, the more I'm going to send just really basic. Does I'm being upfront with you. And they, they, you know, they post the the box that came in the mail and I see them in the shirt one time, you know, like I, we need, oh. we need to see more. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a really hard thing to have to explain to somebody how they could how they do it or how they should do it. But you're right. I mean, a lot of these guys they just don't know, and then they blow out a knee, and then it's then it's over. No gym, you know, no seminars, no nope. right, no sponsors, sponsors, bye bye, sponsors not gonna sponsor you if you're not competing, nope. and then you have nothing, then you wind up with nothing on the other side of that. And like what you did when you you changed your whole approach, you went from yearly six months to monthly after. And, and the pandemic, you made it. You made a, an adjustment that you you were keen enough to make that adjustment, whether it was necessary or whatever. Of course, it was, but you you were able to make that adjustment. I have so many jujitsu friends. Some of them are famous. Some of them, I won't say their names because you know I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But they're doing very well in competitions right now. But we were talking a few months back, and they were like, "Yeah, Steve, I'm I'm gonna start doing this. I'm gonna start doing this with the marketing." And I look at their page. And it's another one-liner uh, uh, pumped for this, pumped and ready for this match. It's like, I get it. Thank you like, to my sponsor, so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, anything can happen. It's like, yeah. this, is your, this is your opportunity in your window to create something that's special and to create value. Like you said previously, you got to create value somewhere. And like, do it now. Do Fucking create something that matters now and figure out what that is. There's a line that I use... I hate to call it a line, but it's something I say to clients when they're asking me for advice. I consider myself, I tell them I'm a, I'm a roadmap person, right? I have my team of tech geeks and, and digital marketing specialists that, that implement the things that I'm selling to my client that I'm telling my client to do. Right. And I tell them this all the time. I say, sometimes you have to let the business steer. Sometimes the business is telling you where you need to go. Right. For me, COVID told me that the business needed to go this way. And I'll give props where props are due, though. My biz, my job during the day, we sell monthly subscriptions. It is a, you're paying monthly, cancel at any time. And I said, I gotta, mm. I, I'm going to have to do that. It wasn't it wasn't rocket science. I didn't have this epiphany. I mean, I had the epiphany, like, I probably have to change the model. But the idea was just staring me in the face because it's what I talk about all day, every day. So right. I went to that to that model. But the business, the industry, the current events steered me to that. I, I looked at what was happening, what was laid out in front of me. I was talking to Bo and saying, it's not as easy to get sponsors as, as people think. And here I am making the push, COVID. You know, it's just like everybody telling me the same thing. I don't know if I'm going to be around tomorrow. 
I don't know if I can keep this business open. If the gyms close, people don't need rash guards. They don't need new shorts. They're not buying gear. They might yeah. not be working. I yeah. can't. Maybe they would give us some product. Maybe they would do the giveaway. But again, those giveaways wind up turning into stuff for us too. So again, sometimes the business has to steer. So like you're you're right now, like you you know where you, what you you you've got ideas. Yes. They'll get laid out, right? I mean, everything to this point, it's like it it kind of it laid out it laid itself out in front of me. I made some decisions and I you know and I steered it this way or that way. But sometimes something happens and it's like okay, this was right or this was wrong. I got to go this way. I got to go that way. So I love that. Yeah. Sometimes the business is steering, like you said. I never heard that line before. And yeah. sometimes you're you're the one making those executive decisions, like preemptively. One degree, right? If I took a boat from Miami and I was going to go out, I'm going to go out to Jamaica. I don't know whatever islands are out here, right? You, you, like people take boats and they Saint go and Thomas. go to the island. I Saint love Thomas, this analogy. Right? I love this. Yeah, one, yeah. One degree, just you change the business. One degree, you be in China. Two Fucking boats change. leave at the same time, and one goes one degree off. He's, he's going to be in Africa before he knows it, you know? Yep. So you've just got to be conscious of what you're doing. Don't be scared to take risks. You know, again, we're talking to people that, that are either looking for sponsors or want to start podcasts or do what you're doing with TikTok. Don't be scared to take risks. There's an audience for everything, yes. right? I'm not trying to appeal to everybody. No, you know, you I, we wanted to be self. I wanted to be self-deprecating when I came up to the, the name. I was a purple. I'm still a purple belt. We're two years in. And I said, I don't want anybody, again, this was part of my thought process, I didn't want anybody to think that this purple belt was preaching to the entire jiu-jitsu world, including black belts. I came on and said, I'm the dummy. I'm going to interview people, and I want them to tell me about jiu-jitsu. I want to tell me their take. What do you think? When should kids start jiu-jitsu? You know, tell me about leg locks. Uh, what age should kids start? Should should you learn leg locks from as a white belt? And this is what I do. I'm very, you know, honest. This is what I'm doing. I'm... St- just starting to learn leg locks. I've been training for seven years. That's just the world that I grew up in. It was the old school model. You know, again, fight sports, love them to death. But our model was you're probably not going to learn stuff until you're about to get your brown belt. Now we're going to teach you below the belt. Right now we're going to go down to, you know, to the bottom half. Yeah. So, you know, all of those things kind of happened. But, you know, again, it was all about being self-deprecating and let's kind of be funny with it and, you know, be a little bit silly. But you know, have serious guests on and and let them have fun with it. So again, look, everybody's business model is going to be going to be different. But we haven't changed that a lot, other than you know the roundtables that I mentioned to you before. To yeah, the in, in studio. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, look no, again. Yeah, when you come down, thing is really really smart. But, say that again. Is, I'm sorry. The pandemic element yeah. is yeah. something that I. This is kind of was the precipice of this whole thing where I said, you got to go digital. You, you told I told a bunch of high level jiu-jitsu guys. I was like. You have to figure out a way to go digital because if you want to do like, I don't know what your political leanings are. We won't get into that. I'd rather not uh, uh, alienate people and listeners because I'm not particularly opinionated and I'm not knowledgeable enough. So I'll just I'll, I'll stay in my lane. But what I will say is. Something can happen again. God forbid there could be another pandemic or something like this that happens in our lifetime. Aliens. And you, if you didn't learn anything from this experience, you're an idiot. Mm hmm. You didn't yeah. learn how important digital is. Oh, yeah. I and agree with him. <laughs> I, I've straight out asked people, and, and I'll say this to you, you're answering the question that I've asked, which is, can you make a living from doing jujitsu? Can somebody who is a purple belt competitor just coming up early 20s, can yeah. they make a living at jujitsu? And the answers are, you, you're saying, if you diversify yourself and make sure you have a lot of different things going on, 
if jujitsu gets taken away from you or you can't compete, but maybe you can train, what do you do? Yeah. Because there's not many of us that are going to want to go back to school at 30, go finish college or, you know, get a degree and, you know, start oh, something new. I so did. school was great. Uh, you know, again, Ken, I've, I've had that. that I've, I've posed that question to Kendall Rusing. Uh, I pros, I, I uh, Eli Knight was another guest re- recently where I said, can can people do what you're doing now? Can a kid coming up. Just, you know, do instructionals, do seminars. Is there money in this? And it's always the same answer. Be patient, build. Everyone got lucky with the video. You are now a yet another guest who said there was just that one that what, did you had one that went two million? Yeah, my first one hit two million uh, on TikTok, and it changed the game for me. And then it was multiple. One what was time. the first one about? Which what, what was that about? Uh, it, what it was. Uh, uh, it was kind of salacious in a sense, but I do stand by it. I said, don't. I said, don't punch in a street fight. I said. You have okay. small metacarpals in your hand, which is true. Is that and the one you had the little picture of the hand on, on screen? Because I just saw that one today. I saw yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's, it's the first one I ever did. Okay. It was, I, I was watching YouTube stuff. It was, so it was on YouTube. So I just I saw it. It's mixed it in. It's, it it was mixed in with your YouTubes today. Yeah. yeah when I was, I kind of like played all. And, I and just actually, that, that just went to another level. You know, yeah. so many people were, were, were it was this polarized. What does that mean? Don't punch in a street fight. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, you know. People are saying, uh, uh, "Oh, that's just because people don't know what to punch." Whatever it is, and 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 it's it's awesome. You get a lot of hate, but I love it all. Much so. respect, though, and it was one of the things that I took. I put a note for myself to talk to you about. Much respect for giving the advice about running away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a man. lot of your videos, I I don't want to say most of them, but at some point yeah. you say, "Do this and get the hell out of there. Run." You know, I'm not. I know me. I'm not bulletproof. I can't stop. You know, I can get stabbed, you know, defend yourself and get away. You don't hear that a lot in instructional videos, right? It's, you know, I'm teaching a move. You're really giving real world advice. I try. I really try to because this shit ain't naga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not going to risk lock nobody. Like people are teaching things on there that on TikTok specifically that are going to get someone really, really hurt. Like how to disarm a gun. How to disarm a knife. Mm. There's tons of memes about them now, but yeah. it's like, dude, what the fuck are uh, you teaching? I'm you sure you followed, you, you know, like McDojo, right? I, lo- I love yeah, that, yeah. Out that, that stuff. Again. <laughs> and shit, it's like, what the fuck are you guys teaching? The liability is insane. So it, it isn't very useful. I try to give t- uh, practical advice for people, but then I dovetail that with get the fuck out of there. And what I don't do enough of, and I'll say that here a lot, is I don't tell people enough, like, avoid confrontation yeah. at all costs. Yeah. Like, this this is not where it's at. I'm just, you shouldn't well, be you, doing you did, it. You know, like, well, I mean, again, it's not in every video, but you, you have yeah. said, uh, you know, like, hey, you know, you see two people having an argument. Oh, right, don't right. Get, don't get involved. Yeah. Has nothing yeah, to do with do you. It. You do not know the history of their relationship or that argument. There's nothing nope. there for you to. And probably I've gotten myself in trouble a few times over my life, like maybe in a club, like two yeah. people are arguing and then like, hey, man, leave the girl. Alone. You know, like, and you just don't know. You know, exactly. Now, if there's a problem over here, you. <laughs> yeah, it's right. always a girl that comes at you first. And yeah. starts <laughs> back. Like, I was helping you. I had a girl swing at me. I had a Crazy. girl swing at me at a club one time. Crazy. Yeah. I had a bunch of girls that were kind of uh, harassing like a drunk girl. I knew none of them. Just yeah. had my roommate was a bartender at a club at the Hard Rock and we knew everybody. So they were just following this girl around. They were they just looked like they were going to beat the shit out of this girl. 
So I kind of like was trying to call the bouncers over and they weren't doing anything. And they finally like got over to the bar and I got in between them and I'm like, yo, leave the girl alone. And I was still like trying to get the, the girl swung at me. <laughs> she missed. And I won't tell you what I did after that. Uh, let's just, <laughs> let's end it. I didn't hit. I, I didn't hit any girl. All right, that's it. You're but I wound up. I wound up in handcuffs in the back of in the back parking lot of Hard Rock. I really thought that all the bouncers were going to kick my ass, but they didn't know who I knew. And I said, "Get the manager. Get this. I won't say his name. Get him out here." They came out, and the cops took the handcuffs off. But I, before I got outside, because they were taking me out. I really thought all the bouncers were, they took me out the back entrance. Oh, no. Yeah, down these back stairs. And I'm like, I was standing in, in like, in, in, at one point, nobody was holding me. And I was just like, I'm not going down there. I just thought like, they were going to kill me. Yeah. And I started to ask for the, for the, for the manager. And when they realized that I knew him, that I really knew him, then like they backed off, brought me down, but they got a cop. They put me in handcuffs. No, all because I was trying to protect the girl from getting her ass kicked. That's the that's the fucking message in, in that whole story. It's just don't don't get involved. Don't get involved. And if you didn't know that you, the manager, God forbid, what could have happened? I was no. like, oh man, no. I'm running on my ass beat. Yeah. So we talked about. Did you get you you did the fight to win? Do you do regular tournaments now? Are you doing I like any IBJJF? Thirty. Yeah, I was gonna do some opens. I'm just really busy, man. I do train twice a day. I train very very hard. I'll be going out to Puerto Rico. Hopefully sooner than later. Okay. I'm actually going to PR in two days, but that's uh, completely unrelated. But uh, I'll be competing for sure. I just don't know exactly when, you know? Now, exactly you, when. You talked about ACL and MCL tears? Uh, yeah, I got two two horrible ACL tears and one on my left leg. is just nothing left. So that, left that, that's what I had the day before, like I told you before, the day before the yeah. pandemic. They turned yeah. out to be just, uh, I think they call them sprains, not tears, sprains. Yeah. So how uh, are you not able to, are you able to, you say you train twice a day, you're able to train regularly? Is it something yeah, that yeah. you know that you, you, oh, you got to get in and get repaired? I fucking tore this left one when I was 16. So I've never done an MMA competition. I've never done a jiu-jitsu competition with good knees. Not one time. So they've always been for? But they, you know what it is? It's like, I teach, I have a, and it's like, I could still pull good weight. So I could still, you know, I'm not as spry as I could be explosivity wise, but is it really worth taking a year off of my training at this stage? And am I going to go and do an ADCC? You know what I mean? So I had to weigh it out. I'll get it done eventually, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think I'm going to get the knees done yet. It's. Yeah. It's. I'm holding off. Yeah, they are bad though. So the MMA side. So you did. I, I saw some videos again. You. You. You did do. You did fight MMA. You yes. did Get in there and mix it up. Yeah. Um. Were there dreams of you know going into the UFC? Were were was that the was that? I would the, say. That, yeah, yeah. There was definitely some 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 giant goals, and when you're young, you know, you have those immaculate goals of glory and this and that and I, and I had some good I had good fights I never lost a fight I had some good times I actually got to put up an, another fight that I, that I that I don't have online that's pro rules down in Texas I have it on DVD great fight and Samuel Martinez shout out to him tough guy fought Josh near really tough guy uh, but I think I got disenchanted with the, the sport and the way promoters work and the value I felt as a fighter in in the context of me being a fighter I didn't I didn't love it. Even though it was a talent of mine, a very specific talent of mine, I didn't feel like I, I really enjoyed the surrounding elements of of fighting. And so, now I'm looking. I had the foresight. I was very young. I was in my early 20s. But now when I zoom back and zoom out, rather, 
a lot of people are like, Steven, how the fuck are you undefeated? You have two amateur titles. You're not going to keep doing this. You haven't lost. You haven't been knocked out. You don't have a single cut. And, and now when I pull back and I look at some of the people that I came up with and where things took them, Oh, anyone outside of GSP, I look how that story, those stories ended and they're not. So we don't know what happened for me. I'm just yeah. saying like it. Yeah. I'm happy. With there's <laughs> a, there's a reason why you're here. I'm, I'm a, yes. I'm a, a big believer in everything happens for a reason. I think if you're yes. a good person, good things happen. And, exactly. um, you know, the right kind of, you know, you make the right choices and, and the right path will get laid out in front of you. You know what breaks my heart? We look at Chuck Liddell. With the, I was talking to my, my business partner recently, Anderson Silva. These amazing fighters. That went, In 2007, I idolized these guys. I was like, man, I can't wait. Maybe one day I'll fight Anderson Silva. And now no one even talks about Anderson Silva. He's going to do some boxing. I we think. know that. Like, we, we, we know. But yeah, I'm saying the yeah. average layman, yeah, yeah. Average, even MMA fans, they think about... They they think about Anderson. They don't even they don't know what it felt like to watch. And like they don't like he's not even valued at the same. Yeah, it's crazy. The fight like the half life of a fighter is yeah. so much shorter in this digital age now that it's like, man, you really got to reconsider. And as great as he was, I mean, especially like people started to hear about him a little bit more recently because of the of, of Chris Weidman when he broke his yeah he breaks yeah. his leg. Those videos resurfaced, and it was just like. How fucking crazy is this? That, you <laughs> that know the, the highlight real leg break that Silva went through, and now it happens to Chris Weidman. Like, what universe does that happen? Yeah, like isn't that crazy, so, man? It is nuts. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't. I I saw it. Maybe I saw a couple of replays, and I scroll right past that really, really quick. When I'm yeah. People don't, I don't know what it's go through. It's it's really it's really unfortunate. It's a lonely life. Yeah. That's another thing. It's a long like jujitsu lonely. Jujitsu is a fun sport. Yeah, but MMA is a depressing, lonely, isolated, underappreciated life, and, and you, you got to be a. And you, you know, can be doing a lot of damage. You know, like jujitsu guys, like we do a lot of damage to the body, to our own yeah. bodies, right? But. Mm-hmm. The damage to the head that you do in boxing and MMA, it's, you know, I don't know if I had a little boy or if I had even, you know, young kids, even putting them into jujitsu. Sometimes I'm like, man, it's, it's rough on the body. You know, I'm, I'm in a place where I do three or four times a week. I get my rest. I go to a massage therapist once a week. I started integrating weight training again because I think it helps me heal up a, mm-hmm. a lot better. But I, I wasn't doing that for a really long time. I mean, I think everybody does this when they start with jujitsu. You either love it or you hate it. And when you love it, all in. Tra- yeah. That's all you training do. Training constantly. First I thing was you can. Six, six days a week. And I, I don't compare myself to you or, or any of the pros out there. But for me, 41 years old, I was training two hours a day, Monday through Saturday. Saturdays was open mats and we would go, we'd go to different gyms or they'd come to us. My wife, I, uh, my, my wife used to, used to, she was my girlfriend at the time, used to drive her nuts. Cause I was just get off of work, go train, you know, sleep in the car for a half hour, get there early, sleep, boom, go in the train. And she, it just drove her nuts. And then my first coach was a uh, DHS officer. He mm. was internal affairs. So sometimes he'd have to go do stakeouts and he would call me and say, I was a white belt. He'd be like, you need to open the gym today. It was new gym. So it was all like right. I was the most experienced of the white belts, but I would yeah. open, do a kid's class, do the adult's classes. It was always two hours of adult. So then I'd be gone for, you know, work, get off of work, five, five thirty, And then I'd be training to nine o'clock, get home by 10. Yeah. And my, my girlfriend, my girlfriend I was living with is my wife now was like five hours. Really? Really? <laughs> and it just, it, it 
got to a place where it was just like, yeah, I've got to cut it down. I can't be open in the gym. And he eventually closed and I, I moved to fight sports. And now it's just, you know, I, I, I try to make it three to four times a week. But the days that I'm not there, it's either repairing my body or doing, you know, doing some weight training. Yeah, like a normal person. Yeah, right. Yeah, we. we what is it about jujitsu guys that we get? Like, uh, what is it about jujitsu that it gets so? I don't see other sports that. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe, I, I'm not into other sports, so I don't see it. Right. But we get so addicted to it that you'll train with a bad finger. You'll train with a bad knee. You know. Yeah. You'll still get in there and sometimes do more damage, but you, you can't go without the knowledge. You can't go out with that stress release without the stress relief release and relief yeah, uh, yeah. So what is it about what is it about it i mean it's i mean so, you're, you're going so, through it now right you got I, like i got tears in my knees and i still go training yeah. i never stop my nerve damage uh left biceps completely torn uh i'm a fucking mess man Complete, <laughs> my body stage carrying my right ankle right hands broken everything's destroyed yeah but the thing is it's the camaraderie that you get, right? The camaraderie is ridiculous. You don't get that in boxing. I come up from boxing gyms where it's like, uh, they'll go in your bag. It, like while you're sparring, they'll go in your bag and steal your phone, you know? It's just, <laughs> really? Yeah, they'll rob you. They'll, like, I rob thought you were going to say they'll take your wraps or something. They take no, your phone? <laughs> you know, complete derelicts in, in the boxing community. So it's, but in jujitsu, everyone's friendly. It's, it's, it's nice. It's encouraging in most gyms anyway, if it's a good gym. And that's the way it should be. So you're getting the camaraderie. Also, you're getting that dopamine, endorphins. Like you're just getting this rush of primal, uh, feel good, yeah, uh, situations popping off in the brain that you really can't you can't get that anywhere else. I would spar and go to boxing, and I remember being young and I would come home and and I would be moody, you know, because head trauma. Mm -hmm. So I was I didn't know that when I was young. So I'd be spar whatever. I'd come home, be a little snappy, you know, 16, 17, like a little like disgruntled. And then I would do jiu-jitsu with John and I'd come home and I'd be laughing and happy. And it's because like, yeah, it, it does. I'm sure jiu-jitsu does cause brain trauma because they do studies now that say even tipping a soccer ball yeah. uh, causes what we consider to be micro concussions, okay. which could have long term effects. But either way, boxing is boxing. So jiu-jitsu gives you that amazing rush of endorphins, uh, but at the same time gives you that communal feeling. And I think it's, you know, cousins of the chimpanzees. We have that. <laughs> That communal thing. We like being a part of something bigger than ourselves. I want to go back a completely different subject. I just want to go back to something you were saying before. So with the videos that you put out, forget about where they are, but just the videos yeah. that you put out, you mentioned yeah. something about uh, some videos that, that get put out liability. Yeah. As I was thinking about the idea that I shared with you before the show, yeah. I said, what's the liability there? Mm. Has that something that you think about? Is that something that we have to think about as content creators now? I, or is it something you don't worry about? I do. I wouldn't say that I don't because yeah. I've had discussions with my girlfriend about this quite a bit where I go, oh, man, I might be pushing a little bit with this video. Now I'm yeah. pushing it. But I believe that I'm TikTok anyway. They put a banner. I wish I, well, I, I can't really show you now, but I, they put a banner at the bottom of, your, of some of my videos. So when you check it out, you'll see it says these moves are, are being drilled by professionals, et cetera, under okay. the super. So you're kind of covered by the platform. So I think it falls on the platform. Okay. But oftentimes in my comment sections, I'll write a, a, like a warning, like, you know. So, so that warning that you say you're seeing, that's something that they just put on randomly? Or they is do. that and something you enable? No, no, you can't enable it. They have oh. to do it. But, okay. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't affect your reach at all. 
Okay. It does not suppress your reach. I've tested it. It's, okay. It, it, yeah, it covers them right. and covers me. That's interesting. That's good information to know. Because again, look, I, I'm, a, I am, a, I'm a businessman. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur like you. Yeah. And I'm thinking about these things as I'm thinking about the yeah. ideas and I take my little notes and I roll over and I pick up my phone in the middle of the night and put a little note for myself. like think about this tomorrow or, you know, look yeah. into this. Yeah. That was one of the things that, that came up. It's like, I'm about to, you know, to put out the type of video that I want to put out. Does that put me in any kind of danger? Do I, you know, am I going to get sued? But I guess, I guess you're right. I, we're still, you know, when you think about the internet, it's so new. When you think about some of these oh, apps, so it's so areas. new. Yeah, yeah. There's so many gray areas. Like, you know, who, uh, you know, the government would love, for the for the onus to fall onto the to the app to the app or to the to the social media company is where they're trying to push it. What what are your thoughts? I mean, you're as a content creator, you're saying TikTok has kind of got you covered. I mean, yeah. right? Do you agree with that? That it should be is it the platform or is it the you know who's wow. I'm I'm real I'm using this tool like Facebook is a tool, TikTok is a tool. Like yeah. I can't yell fire in the in the middle of right. It's illegal for me to yell fire right. in a in a crowded movie right. theater. Yes. Can I just get on to a social media site and yell fire? Whatever the version of my fire is at that moment. Whether yeah. again, without getting political, it's like being a Trump and saying this, or it's being whatever on the left is. and saying, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. If I'm yelling fire in my respective industry, does that put me in any trouble? I guess I, 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 that's, I, that's a fucking awesome question. I don't think I've actually consciously thought about that. But what I will say, is I think a certain degree of responsibility should fall on the content creator. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm a part of a subsect of content creators that are completely negligent. They're people that should be banned from the internet because they're just, they're, the shit that they're putting out there is just horrible. So I think it should be a certain amount of, 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 of liability for the creator. And, and I guess TikTok, it's Instagram, et cetera, the platform should have a certain onus as well. So you said that a couple of times. Yeah. You, you mentioned that a couple of times about other creators. Can you go a little bit deeper into what you mean? And well, you don't have to mention anybody, but what are they putting out yeah. there that you don't agree with that you think so they what, should be negligent for? Absolutely. When I first started, I was just putting up jujitsu. People know John Danahart, black belt, competitor, MMA background. People are comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah, like they know it, they, it's comfortable to them. When I decided to lower the cost of entry so I can reach the kid that's never heard of John Danahart, never heard of George St. Pierre. I said, let me touch as many people as I can, and maybe that'll influence them to get into jiu-jitsu. That was my whole rationale, and thank God I did it. But then when I got into that field, I said, oh, this is – this. not only is this necessary and needed, but people are absolutely horrendous. Like, the, the shit that people are putting out are – Oh, man, I, I guess I'll send this to you in private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm interested so, as, as somebody who's going to be doing one this. Guy, one guy on TikTok, the guy has 1.4 million followers, 1.6 million followers. Yeah, he has the whole garb on. He has the, the Secret Service outfit on and the fucking thing in the oh, back. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Okay, you know. You I know, know McDojo's been going after him lately where he's, yeah. he's taking the guns out of people's hands. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he does one. Heavy, heavy, heavy set guy. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, and, 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 yo, it's well. Let me say this before I say what I'm about to say. <laughs> I, I love this his stuff. When I first saw him, I was like, because I'm thinking as a marketer, so I'm like, his production quality is great. I was like, good. Uh, he speaks well. He's, he speaks well. well. He's eloquent in his in his delivery of the of the material. <laughs> I was like taking notes. I was like, I love this guy. Uh, yeah. But then I. And then I, ne I never hated on him. I completely was like, do your thing. Keep winning. And then I saw jujitsu guys on TikTok reposting him and shitting on him. And I said, let me look a little bit closer because now he's showing shit that's really personal to me. Mm -hmm. and, and he's doing it really bad. So I looked and 
that's when I started to say, okay, this guy's a little bit of a charlatan. I still have nothing but love for him. I hope he wins, but he should yeah. be careful about what he's putting out there. But yeah, he's on his knees in one. He's on his belly in one. And he's like, when someone goes to kick you in your face, like, let's you, you can imagine I'm on my belly. And dude, <laughs> that's enough says, right there. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's it. He goes, he goes, put your hand out like this to, uh, to dissipate the energy. So whenever a guy uses energy in a self-defense video, run the other way. <laughs> that's ridiculous. You don't know what he's talking about. Exactly. I've never heard John say energy. He, 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 blo- he blocks it and then he, he pushes on the guy's knee and the guy falls over. And the guy like clumsily gets on top. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like you're teaching people this stuff, man. You're gonna get someone killed. You may you made me think of, uh, of something while you were saying this. It, was there a conscious effort in going from filming? You you, you said so. Let, let me preface it with this. You said something about you wanted to make you wanted to make videos that the young kid that doesn't know leg locks and jujitsu, he's gonna because he's gonna look at your stuff and 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 uh, and, and want more. Was there? Did you purposely go from doing it in the gym to doing it out on the streets? Was that 100%. was that part of it? Was that why? Hundred percent. I, I realized. Uh, I've always realized this for many many years, but I, I, you know, presentations, everything, and I thought to myself, you know, listen, you what we discussed. I got to lower the barrier of entry, reach as many people as possible. Hopefully, funnel that into jujitsu, funnel that into MMA, into the stuff that we're interested in, mm-hmm. uh, because you, you can't really teach self-defense long-term. I mean, you kind of can give them tips and they can come in, but they need to learn jujitsu. They need to learn boxing, they learn a kickbox, wrestle, et cetera. But I realized that the environment had to change. Uh, it's, you know, you, you have, you have to show, don't tell, you know, the deal. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Absolutely. So show, showing it and showing it in the right context was really, really important to, to be able to kind of pass that, that information on in a way that's fluid and, and felt authentic. So do you do you do now? I'm now I'm trying to think, and and I haven't noticed. Are you, do you do some stuff in the gym? And I mean, the jujitsu stuff. Is, I probably would guess that you're probably gonna do that more in the gym if you still yeah. put out that content. But yeah. kind of the more self defense, street stuff, more things involved with punching. You know, yeah. or I'm seeing that stuff. You're just doing it out in the street with. I have like kind of I don't know. I, I it's like a three prong attack. I have the street defense stuff that'll have me as the uh, the talking head where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Here's three, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll have either a female in the shot, my girlfriend, or I'll have uh, another guy in the shot with me and I'm demonstrating things and talking to the camera. And then I have a POV, which people really love because now they're seeing through your eyes as a creator. Okay. Which fucking, that, by the way, that's a game changer. Yeah, POV yeah. is amazing. It's it's taken over a lot of different industries, POV. Exactly. exactly. And creators need to get on this ASAP. Every creator should be doing this. Uh, but I realized, though, because I use POV. If you watch my leg lock videos, I tried it on one video where I did POV entry into third person. And that Ooh. fucking love that. Yeah. They love that. Oh, love right. the of multiple angles. But that Ooh. was just too much work. And, oh, and you gotta you picking this up? <laughs> I, I might need ready. you. I might need you for the TikTok stuff. I thought I was just gonna do this shit on with my with my phone. Now I'm thinking there's something bigger <laughs> well, here. Well, I mean, you can go into TikTok. Yeah. You can do stuff with your phone. Yeah. You can do stuff with GoPros. What you yeah. need is a couple of GoPros. Gotcha. Yes, yes, yeah. I use GoPro as well. Yeah. And that's the thing is the POV is one angle, and then I do I do reads reads. You ever see my my videos where I'm going here? Three reads you can make in a fight. Yeah, yeah counters you can make in a fight and that's usually with the backdrop of my logo or a cage in the background so it's okay, more MMA yeah. yeah okay brief wow. prong approach a lot of content all right nice nice well let's get into uh some of the listener questions and, and you might know one or i have to i, I picked two questions um i, th- I think i'm gonna go with this one first because uh, i think this guy knows you attaboy.tom 
Oh yeah, Adam, Thomas, yeah, 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 yeah. Thomas yeah, yeah. Seth, is that how you say his name? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he used to train at the gym, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. He says, hi, my name is Thomas, and I'm a student under Stephen Williams. He says he's still a student. I have a question for him. At what point in his career did he decide to leave John Danaher's teachings and start his own school? And are you still close? I think we answered that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've never left John's teaching. No. You need every, every teacher needs a teacher. So now let's take that question a little bit further because we talked about it a little bit. But when they were still here... Up until recently, were you still going to train with John? I was training in the pandemic. Yep. You said you said you train twice a day. Is that yep. one of them would be with him, or both of them with him, or are you including when you train well, at your during gym? The pan, during the pandemic, we could only train once. We can only train one time during the pandemic, and then you had to get out of the gym. Because, and you had to you know, be a pro, right? Was that the rule that that's kind of how they got around that? You had to be a yeah. pro, like it had to be a living. But the, the yeah, the I, that's, couldn't what, come that's, in. What I, that's what I was told. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that on uh, them. Yeah. But he did also say, and this is, I know we kind of answered those questions earlier in the show, but he says, when you see him, ask him about Panama Dreams. You oh, my man. <laughs> you mentioned it before. You mentioned it before. Tell us a little bit more about the band. So my buddy, Tony, Tony Work, we, uh, he, he's a drummer and in the, in the, he plays the rhythm. So we started a band back in 2016. We've always been uh, uh, musicians, but we started a band in 2016. We had a YouTube channel about it. We play all the hipster clubs in Brooklyn and Manhattan, oh, yeah. and we we played we played we played a lot. And we kind of stopped right before a little bit before the pandemic hit, probably significantly before. Maybe what kind of music? What, what alternative what indie rock? I'd say. Okay. Be kind of the vibe. And you still and that. you're still doing that now. Well, clubs are starting mm-hmm. to open back up, so get the bug. But as you know, you know you got it. You really have to fucking dial down. You can only do so much. And I, I never, I, as an artist, you never, if you want to call yourself, that's a little pretentious, but if you're creating music or art or any form of art, it deserves your attention. If you can't give it a hundred percent, then play your guitar in the room. Yeah. So we put out an album. I'm not saying we won't, we'll, we'll put out video, put music videos out. I'm sure we'll do that in the future, but right now I'm kind of dialed in on the winning horse, if you will. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, we did have another question. I definitely want to, that we're going to get them either a bottle of CBD or a t-shirt. Nice. Uh, we have, this came from overseas, actually, and I don't. I'm gonna butcher the Instagram name, but I think it's uh, Safin's Arc Arc. I, 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 I can't even do this. S A F I N S A R C H N A R Y. Safin's Archnary. <laughs> he was oh. asking, "What's your highest percentage pass or your favorite pass? Like when you when you're doing jujitsu?" Man, that's a fucking good question, dude. Wow. Hmm. My highest percentage pass would probably be cross hamstring, where I bring my, let's say my passing leg in the center is my right leg. I bring it to the cross hamstring, their right hamstring. I control their head. And with my free hand, I control the far ankle with a reverse C grip. And then from there, I limp leg out. And I go to like reverse knee on belly. Uh, Gordon does this a lot as well. A lot of guys on the team use it. So that would probably be my best. Or if you want to go a step further, this is a good one, too, if you're confident in your leg locks, is I bait guys to enter Ashigarami, and then from there I peel the foot, control the far leg, and back step. That's probably my favorite pass. I like to give the guys leg locks so that I can get a pass off. Maybe you'll know the name for this one. I don't know where I learned it. Um, it's started out as a little bit of a joke because I'm using um, – right now I'm walking around at about 240, and I'm probably one of the bigger guys in my gym most of the time. Yeah. Um, if I'm in the gi, 
again, I'm, I'm saying this because I want to know if there's a name for it. I grab, <laughs> I grab the, the same side sleeve. Uh, if I can get a collar, if they're sitting, I'm, I'm standing, they're sitting. Okay. If I can grab a sleeve and grab the lapel, I just jump over their, their knees and land right on, to mount? And, and right to mount and just sit down. I don't know if there's a name to that. So his legs are in between yours. Yeah. If, um, you know, I, I'm standing position. Yeah. They might, you know, have their feet up a little bit. Yeah. That's you an know, old trick. Yeah. If I, if they, if they put their feet flat on the ground and I've got yeah. them, if they're sitting up and I get, I, I just hop over, I did it yeah. a couple of times to some white belt, some younger guys today just to play <laughs> around with it. Cause they, cause everybody has the same reaction. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like this 240 pounds, <laughs> 40 pounds is coming over on me. If I'm in the no gi, I, I don't, I'm not grabbing anything. I just tap their knees. If they if they have their knees cl- like tight together and I could just get them through my leg, just tap them and I just step right over and I right just sit down. Yeah. I try not to land on them. I, 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 land, I land gently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know if there's a name to that. Yeah, I'm not sure. We got we to gotta name it, though. We got to give it a name. I don't know if it has a formal name. I, I already have a move named after me. They call it the Abu Ghraib. Have you ever heard of the Abu Ghraib? <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've heard of it, but I don't know exactly what it is, though. No, I'm great. I got I got a move named after me because when I would train no gi, I would uh, have a T-shirt on over my over my rash guard. So by the end of training, my T-shirt would be soaking wet. Yeah. And I love the North-South. And a lot of times uh-huh. entry into the North-South, my shirt just flat uh. on their face. One of my training partners and and one of, Junior, one of the, the original co-hosts of the show, he named it the Abu Ghraib. So I've had yeah, that, that, that name a lot of sense. <laughs> I I used to call well not that but there was a fight where Rico Rico Rodriguez had in uh in Pride FC where he mounts the guy and he just puts his tits on the guy's face yeah and just compresses his face yeah. and the guy taps out from that <laughs> so similar it, but that's it, uh, it came okay. from that I didn't before I knew what North South was my very very first competition I think it was my very first match white belt. Uh, I was probably a white belt for about six months and I was my first fight, no gi, and I just wound up in this north south position and I'm laying on the guy's face. I'm not trying to submit him, but I'm laying on his face and he tapped. And I was just like, somebody said north south and I was just like, all right, whatever. So I went home and I was just like, all right, I have to understand what this is. I looked up north south and there's Marcelo Garcia. And I've watched those videos Matt. over and over. It's actually in my queue, even though I've been doing it for years. I've actually I'm on BJJ Fanatics because they're doing the forty two percent off right now. Shout out oh, to yeah. BJJ Fanatics. I'm like, I gotta buy this. Why? I, I need to buy this because it's one of my highest percentage moves, one of my highest percentage submissions. So I'm like, I only studied what's online, and there's not a ton. It's usually kind of the same concepts that from Marcelo. So yeah. now I've I'm gonna invest in my first instructional video. <laughs> That's a good one. After Marcelo, seven years. Yeah. Marcelo is a G. When Marcelo, funny story really quick before we cut off, but when Marcelo first came to America, don't ask me how this happened. He first came to America. I don't even think he had an apartment yet. My conditioning coach, who was also my high school gym teacher, used to condition us in high school on the eighth floor. Somehow linked up with Marcelo Garcia and would bring him to my high school. No, no connection to Henzo, nothing. And we would we would do strength and conditioning together. Wow! <laughs> in my high school, the guy barely spoke English at the time. Yeah. And I used to have to hide. I used to have to hide it from the from uh, Hensel Gracie's because this is this is back in the day. Oh. This is back in the day. Just to be clear, too, you guys are very lucky. You modern jiu-jitsu players. <laughs> in my time, you couldn't even cross train. If you yeah. if you cross train, you 
I've seen people get fucking smacked, like f- across the face, smacked and Henzo's. So really? uh, kicked out, banned or worse. So I had to, you know, for a while I, I had to keep that a secret that I was running stairs with uh, with Marcelo Garcia, my high school, oh, when shit. and now it's public. What do they call it? What's wow. the word? Uh, crayonch, right? If crayonch, you trained, yeah. If you trained in, in, in different places. Yeah, and that shit is not the wave back then. I have, other than, I've met up until last month, I, besides my first school and doing open mats with my coach, going to places with, I have never trained in another gym other than my fight sports. We had a guest on the show who was traveling the country doing a documentary called PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu. He came in. uh, We went to uh, the AC went in my gym. So instead of filming with my with my team and my my coach in the gym, we moved it to another another friend's gym who happened to it was a better fit because he was ex-military and he we did some training. They showed some moves and then he interviewed veterans, talked about PTSD and, and and suicide, mental health. And then we came and we. We, we filmed a podcast. Well, that was the first time that I ever went to another gym since I've been at Fight Sports. And then I trained the next week. I went back. I went the next day and then one more time uh, a week later and just kind of like, hey, they're doing an open mat. So I've ne- I was, I've, when I've been on the show, I've always been an advocate for if you're ever going to train anywhere else, just tell your coach, ask Thank for you. permission, ask for permission. It happened, so I, then I trained a couple of times, but like now I have to tell my listen. I enjoy going there for an open mat every once in a while. You know, got to kind of ask for permission. It feels weird because I'm older than my coach, so to ask him <laughs> only by a few still, years. You still look up to them in terms of yeah, their knowledge. Yeah, still. I mean, you know, that's like it's like it's still like your father in jujitsu, right? You like you know the relationship you have with John. So I yeah. still feel like I owe it to him to say, hey, listen, every once in a while I'm going to train over there. I know he's not going to say no, but I think these days. As long as you ask for permission, and there isn't any, I, you've probably heard this a million times. No politics in jujitsu. There's no politics in jujitsu. No po- I don't. I stay away from the politics. I hear that from all, from lots of people and coaches. And there's oh, there's politics everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I don't like him. He doesn't like me. This student went there. You can try to avoid it, but it just, yeah. it, it comes. It's out. really really silly. But back in the day, it made sense because they were valetudo fights back then. So. Like jujitsu, the roots of jujitsu is is hand to hand combat. It's fighting, mm-hmm. so it made sense. It's like I might fight a guy from that gym in a week at the local auditorium in Rio. Like there was like, or I might fight this guy on the beach. But now it's just it's a it's a fucking gentle sport. I mean, it's not very gentle, but it's it's a friendly. It's not what it was. It's yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much a it's more respectful. You know, so many schools are competition schools. Let's put it that way. You know, um, a town over from where I live. I live in Coral Springs, Florida. Uh, Two towns over is Coconut Creek. Yeah, is uh, you know American Top Team. The main location right, right. is. I mean, it's just a few miles away from my house, so I understand that whole side of it. Look, if you're going to an, you know, if you're going to be a professional competitor or try to I compete, at, you know, an amateur and compete, and with the aspirations of becoming a pro, I get the maybe you don't want outsiders coming in and seeing what these guys because you never know. Somebody just comes in and it's just like, I don't know who this guy is. Is he taking secrets back? I get that. If you're a professional, but for like schools that are, you know, quote unquote hobbyists, you know, we, we welcome, you know, people into our open said, we, had, we had a stranger show up today. Nobody knew who he was. He showed up. He trained with us for a little while. I forget who said it, but it, it, was, it wasn't applied to jujitsu, but it does apply to fighting and to any fight sports, any kind of fighting sports. Um, oh, shit. Just 
it just took off out of my head. You gotta stop smoking that stuff. Can... <laughs> <laughs> jump in. You, you jump in if, if you remember. So uh, at yeah. the end of every episode, Stephen, I do. Uh, I just have kind of like uh, I call them speed round questions. Just uh, real. I, I won't go. I won't say much. I'm gonna ask you these questions. <laughs> speed <laughs> you, did, got, you got the sound effects. You might not have heard that sound effect that he just I let loose. Uh, so I just, these are just kind of speed round questions. Again, usually ask uh, every guest a, a version of these questions. So, so here we go. So, okay. gee or no gee, preference? No gee. No gee. Do you no. ever train gee? Yeah, I, I, teach gee. I, I don't know if I've seen you. In, uh, I, I don't think any of the recent stuff I've seen you in a gee though. Do, yeah, yeah, I train gee. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna take a peek again. Yeah. Go to sub. Your favorite. Inside heel hook, I guess. Okay. So takedown or pull guard. Fucking takedown. Yeah. <laughs> but I, do, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do slap hands and sit to my butt quite a bit these yeah. days. But I used to torture students back in the day. So then what's your go-to takedown? Kind of what are you, what's your, um, what's your bread and butter? Uh, I got a good lock double and a good high C maybe. Uh, a, a good head and side single. Probably head and side single is my best. Okay. Favorite competitor to watch? Jiu-jitsu-wise? Jiu-jitsu competitor. Let's do jiu-jitsu and then MMA. Favorite competitor to watch right now? Well, he retired, but Gordon would be 100%. Okay. There's no one more efficient and, and a better display of jiu-jitsu, in my opinion. Do you watch UFC? Do you got a favorite uh, MMA competitor? UFC. Currently, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Islam Mahachev. Okay. Islam Mahachev. Okay. Do you do you watch a lot of you? Are you like, uh, like you'll be you'll be watching tonight? Yeah. So I break it down. Yeah, I study the fighters and So my my wife is in the other room. <laughs> I brought it down to Miami. We're an hour away, so I said, uh, you know, part of this extra traveling and being away from the family on Sundays. I said, "Hey, every once in a while we'll go down to Miami, which is great. I'm happy she's here." And so I said, "Let's go out to dinner." She she made all the re- she let's, we're going out to Miami, make arrangements. We'll go hang out in Miami after the podcast. I said, oh, shit, that's a big UFC on I, <laughs> I can't go out. Yeah. So dun, I got to try dun. to figure out <laughs> how do we get to a place that's playing the UFC. I do two birds and one stone, man. Everyone's happy. Got to have your friend or with a TV I can't, screen. Or you don't open your phone all night, and then I go home and I buy it in the morning. And I wake up friend. early on a Sunday, and I've done it before where I just wake up early, and I'll just watch can the fights. Can you fight stay off Instagram, though? Oh. For a whole night? Oh well, I, I, no. If I'm if I'm with if I'm with my wife and we're out, yeah, I'm, I got to. It's you know that's wow. a an agreement that we make. We got to stay off for a little bit. Um, right. But you know, yeah, it's, you know, do Sorry. things do things pop up and turn the phone over and you know put it on silent. What's your experience yeah. with that? Is it hard? Right? It's hard to to put it down. Impossible. Yeah, impossible. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he said that. But I mean. You know, and she's understanding more and more now. I don't know if she's going to hear any of this from the other room. She's understanding more and more now. She called this a hobby in the beginning, not jujitsu, the podcast. She mm. she called it a hobby, mm. and she says, "I'll stop calling it a hobby when you start making money." And then I started making money. I said, "You can't call it a hobby anymore. So yeah, it's a business, exactly. and with the proper investment of time and money, we're going to keep on taking this further." It's like you know, look, like I said before, as long as you're not an asshole, good things good things can happen for you. So yeah, so now she sees it. So she doesn't give me as much shit as when I'm checking because she knows, like, okay, this is about something to make the podcast better. This is something yeah. that's going to help you make more money. But I do try to put it down. I try to go to bed a little earlier, and I try to I try to put it down and, and just shut it off. 
I'm, I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not at your level though. I'm not at your it's level. So your hard. numbers yet? You know, we're doing. We're doing well with our views on the podcast downloads and the and the views on YouTube. But you know, we're we we made a conscious effort. I'm telling this to you. Our, our audience has probably heard me say this yeah, before. Yeah. We made a conscious effort. We did two well produced episodes every month, visually appealing. There's an opening. Yeah. There's a closing. There's music. The logos scroll like a little uh, less the, popping, but you'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> you had uh, like you know when we when I say your name and introduce you, like it's going to come out on the screen. Our logo rolled across. Then we started using the sponsor logos. If we talked about them, they rolled across. Put their IG. Like we produced these really well because we knew that if we wanted to keep on doing this, we needed sponsorship money and we needed to show value. And I always thought, uh, so, you know, why not just do the best you can right out yeah. of the gate? Yeah. Okay, you have I agree, this, bro, 100%. You, you have this much budget? Yeah. What how can you max out that budget? Yeah. All right, I got ten dollars. Great. For ten dollars I can get you a little backdrop, a sheet yeah. with a little light, and it's gonna give you better than what you would have had without without putting anything into I, we it. We filmed in my in my in, in the conference room at my wife's office. Yeah, that was the first for the first five? Six episodes. Yeah. So she definitely and it like was again. Hardly she said, ideal. Yeah. It, it wasn't ideal, but it, it got us to this place. Yeah. But again, look, it's Stories for another day, but it is hard for me to put the phone down. But we do oh, have, we do kind of just make that uh, that agreement. Uh, we also have this little game of if we're doing something together, usually uh, like in the house, uh, watching TV. We just slap the phone out of each other's hands and it Dude, flies I on the floor. About, I think about <laughs> just, I'm killing we tap myself. It, we just tap yeah. it and it falls and it's like, okay, I get the hint. Get off your fucking phone. Yeah, you get off for a while. <laughs> I, I think yeah. about it as I'm committing suicide. That if but when I'm on the phone for too long, I have taken up so much time, I just lost a piece of my life. Yeah. yeah I, I, That's like, a fucking powerful way of looking at it. Like, I just yeah. killed a small part of myself because for two hours, yeah. I really didn't do anything. I like, do. it didn't make me money. I didn't really learn anything. And it was just, maybe there's some laughs out of it. And I do value laughs, but yeah. how much? I, you I'm, know? I'm good at that, where even though I check it a lot, especially I want to thank somebody for saying something or repost something. It, they were very short stints, and I try to put yeah, a little bit of time between those. Replying is okay. I, I'm not a, a huge consumer of Same. the content, right? I'm putting it out there. <laughs> we're content creators now. Oh, you're <laughs> I'm not shit. a huge consumer of it, and when I am consuming, it's usually I'm consuming people that are involved with the show or, like, I watch a lot of your stuff. Yeah. I was at home making breakfast, and I put your YouTube channel on. I said, play all, and it was on in the background. And I might go into the other room, and I came back, and I heard something. And I said, oh, let's talk to him about that. You know, that's the way I, I put together my outlines before the show. But um, yeah, usually that's how I'm consuming. Like I yeah. said, look, BJJ Fanatics, I will be buying my first BJJ Marcella Fanatics because North now like, I want to consume that. But yeah. that's going to be my first video, that my first instruction. I, I, the only other ones I have are the free ones that, like Danaher's free ones, you know? like Outside field book from Ashigarami. <laughs> well, I, I think I got through, like, the, uh, it was uh, solo workout, solo drills. <laughs> I only, oh, that one. I think I only got I through, like the, first 20, like, the first 20 minutes, and I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is going to be, a, it's great information. But yeah. I was just like, when when do I start training? <laughs> yeah, I skipped that one myself. <laughs> All right, listen, I got a couple of more. So toughest match yeah. ever. You fought and you know, you fought MMA and you did jujitsu tournaments. Toughest match ever. And Selma Martinez, without a doubt. I uh I beat this guy. I knocked him down with a right hand going backwards. I picked him up, slammed him with a double leg, ground and pound him for three rounds. He would not go away, man. Wow. He, just wouldn't go away. <laughs> he was so tough. He, actually, I wore con I, I, I wore contacts in that match. 
and I wasn't supposed to wear it, but I can't see without him, you know? Yeah. And he elbowed me in my face against the cage and the fucking contact went flying. Yeah. Like that perception was off. He was just a gnarly guy. He was just a tough guy. I I wear contacts myself and I hate when I get like rubbed across and it comes out. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, mess you up. You got to take it right out. Or it goes yeah. to the back of your eye. You're, you're, in, a, you're in the heat of a fight. You're like, I couldn't imagine wearing it in an MMA fight. They tell you to take them out? Yeah, they don't the want you wearing them, but the I always wear them. Yeah. yeah. You just got to glue it in. Just got to glue it on there. <laughs> you went You went Michael Bisping in there. You, you just said, <laughs> got a glass eye. <laughs> Other than achieving the rank of black belt, which obviously you've done, what is your ultimate goal in the world of jiu-jitsu or, or MMA? Let's just say martial arts. Yeah. Ultimate goal. Uh, I'd like to, to reach as many people as possible. So I, to continue doing what I'm doing, which is to lower the barrier of entry so that everyone can consume this content and, or as many people can as possible. And most will hate it. Most will love it. Some will hate it, but I want to present to as many human beings as possible. And so that's my goal to spread, to spread martial arts to as many humans as possible. Quality martial arts. What would you be doing now? What would you be doing right now? If you had not found martial arts? <laughs> that street life probably yeah i was born in southwest yonkers which is dmx is from yonkers school street okay so i'm not far from there i'm from radford avenue okay. so i would probably be knee deep in the game 100 yeah. in jail or worse Getting horrible uh, yeah yeah horrible wow what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in competition on the mats or in your gym create craziest martial arts related incident that's ever happened to you um, craziest thing we've had. Uh, uh, I th- somebody threw up next to my head. They were they mounted <laughs> me. They threw up next to my head. Uh, oil checks are very popular. Oh yeah, <laughs> classic. Uh, I, uh, I I I saw something when I was really young. I was this kind of shaped my mentality because I told you my, my day was fucking an aggressive style of martial arts mm-hmm. back then. It was jujitsu was really a fighting art in O two still, yeah. and so what. what one one guy was going super hard. This like this dude was from an outside of the gym guy. He came in. He may have been a little slow, and he was going one of our brown belts. I was a white belt on the wall at the time, and he was going hard against his brown belt. The brown belt took his back, put him unconscious in front of everybody. Got up, slapped the shit out of him, grabbed him by his feet, and dragged him off the mats. Oh shit! So, but that was the environment Henzo's one was at that time. If you disrespect us and you're not from here, we're going to fuck you up. Like, we don't even care about your membership. There was no care about memberships. No <laughs> one does it like that anymore. But I, visually, that, that I, think I, probably I think I probably would have canceled my membership after that. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, think about that. There was no kid program, bro. Oh, no boy. kid program. It was just, I was the youngest kid, 15 years old. Wow. Wow. All right. Biggest regret as it relates to your martial arts journey. Do you have any? Biggest regrets? I don't know if it's as much of a regret as I wish I had the experience I had in marketing and content creation. And I had that willingness to connect with people that I have now when I was 20, you know, uh, but it's never too late. You know, a lot of people think you're too old you're too this. It's never too late. People, people want to hear what you have to say. This is the way I look at it though. Cause I say this a lot when I say, man, I wish I would have found jujitsu at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I played every sport. I quit everything. I didn't have the drive or the discipline to do it when I was younger. It took me being in my 40s for this to all happen. 
So when you look at that, you weren't supposed to have that knowledge back then. Oh. You got it when you were supposed to have it, because yeah. if you would have had it then, you might. You, doesn't mean that you'd be doing this, right? No, exactly. It doesn't yeah. mean I that I would ever stay. I would have yeah. never stayed with this and, and gotten a black belt, or, or even you know stayed in for seven years. So 100%. you're exactly where you're supposed to be it wasn't even when possible it was supposed to happen. Then. So when yeah. I when those little thoughts creep in, like man, I wish I would no, because I just wouldn't be here. And you got to think I, it wasn't even possible. My back life then, would too. not be. We probably wouldn't have started the podcast. I wouldn't have a t-shirt website. Right. I wouldn't right. you know I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So yeah. that that's how I battle those little demons. Yeah, they're so silly. Yeah. They're all ego based. <laughs> they're all in- insecurities that don't aren't real. Make believe shit, man. All right. So last question. This is the most important question that I'm going to ask you today, and I think that most people dun, will ever dun, be asked in dun. their in their martial arts or really ju- specifically their jujitsu journey. Okay. This is heavy. Do you or do you not wash your jujitsu belt? Oh, that's a good question. I, I was against it for a long time, but I actually do wash it every <laughs> yeah <laughs> every every few sessions I watch it every week maybe I don't watch it every after every gi class, but I do watch it I do watch because you got to remember you filthy bastards you, you're gonna get you're gonna get stabbed in the belt yeah. the belt is fabric it's like yeah. a gi yeah come on. Yeah, beautiful. Wait, it's gonna say team wash your belt. Hashtag team wash your belt when you Let's answer go. that on the show. All right, Stephen. Listen, I think we've been we've been going for about two hours. I really appreciate you joining us. I really, really, really mean this. I've said this to a lot of people, and I really mean this for you specifically. When you, if you ever get down to Miami or you're in Florida, let us know. Give us a heads up so we can maybe schedule an in-house. I'll have a couple of my oh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come in here. We'll do another podcast. Maybe we'll go shoot a TikTok video when I get my shit together. Yeah, very. It'd be really <laughs> awesome to to have you come down and, and do something with you down here, or at least just come in and do do a podcast in studio. And uh, again, a little different vibe when we're. You, know, you got a couple of guys just shooting the shit about jujitsu. So I really That'd appreciate you doing this. Stick around for a second. I'm not going to let you go, though, but we're going to cut for a second. But thank you again. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right? Thank you, brother. Everybody appreciate stick it. around. We're going to do housekeeping in just a second. Awesome dude, man. Yeah. Right? Very cool. Thank you again, Stephen, for for joining us. I really appreciate it. That was awesome. That New York um, spirit. Can't yeah. wait. I, I can't wait to have him come down and do something in-house. or. Uh, yeah, he would be fun know, in the studio. Let me get some little coaching for, from him on, on some TikTok stuff. That would oh, be cool. Yeah, free coaching. All right. <laughs> Listen, guys, we're going to keep it. We're going to do the housekeeping real quick. We'll keep it short. Shout out to our Patreon podcast patrons. They include our newest gym sponsors, Carlson Gracie Winter Haven in Winter Haven, Florida. Thank you guys for your support. CJWinterHaven.com. And at Carlson Gracie underscore Winterhaven on IG. All right. Uh, give him a follow. Also, Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale. That's down by us here. Carlson Gracie Broward And at Carlson Gracie Broward County on IG. Working on getting Jay, uh, Big Jay, the owner of that gym. Oh, getting him in here? I think we're going to have him. They're going to be our next guest. Cool. Uh, he. Uh, Jay and his leads, uh, his uh, his head coach. I think we're going to have them come in. Is he big, right? big figuratively, or he's a big dude. <laughs> he's a big dude. I think he might be my size, a little bit bigger. You might have to open that bigger. You might have to open that door yes. a little bit bigger. Okay. Shout out to John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida. JohnWayMartialArts.com and at John Way Martial Arts on IG. All right. Uh, podcast patrons also include Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera. Boa Athletics, check them out at un at on excuse me on IG. <laughs> you think I'd have this down already, Bo? Uh-huh. On IG at boa underscore athletics, 
I'm always trying to go fast because I've always got something to do. My wife's in the other room. We're going to go to dinner. So she's room, waiting on got to read the fine print, you know. Michael Pixley Jr., Jason Smiley, Britt Tavar, James Fisher, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, Chuck Reddor, and Roberto Santiago. Thank you guys for all your support. We absolutely appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. If anyone out there would like to support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you're automatically entered into every single raffle giveaway that we do each month. You can win at least or up to $100, no, excuse me, at least $100 in jujitsu swag. Listeners who submit questions like the ones we use today, they'll automatically get entered into those drawings as well. So again, you support us on, on Patreon with as little as $5 a month. You could win up to 100 all right, in gear. Check nice. out the podcast store at jujitsudummies.shop. Get 15% off with code JJD. Ranked rash guards, tees, face shields, backpacks, and coffee mugs. And everything that we have is available on that site. Free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. All right. We want to thank the We Defy Foundation. I put their little uh, guys. Oh, there they are. Their little uh, patch from the Memorial Day They're on the screen event too. that they did. Yep. Cool. We want to thank We Defy Foundation for all their support and all they do for veterans and the judicial community. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they provide therapeutic relief to disabled combat veterans through jujitsu. Check them out at We Defy Foundation on Instagram and you can donate at any time at WeDefyFoundation.org. Fightback CBD, Justin, the crew over there. I know Britt's helping you out with social media. Good job. Uh, want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much for all you do for the show. We could not do this without you guys. Check out Fightback CBD uh, or at Fightback CBD. And that's on IG. Fightbackcbd.com and get 20%, almost said 15, 20% off that was your the order. Old, that was the old uh, yeah, yeah. special. Yeah. Get 20% off of your online order with code JJD. All right? Sorry to screw all that up, guys. You need a new iPad. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this from a little phone. My Who's iPad's per- on the fritz. Who can provide a new... <laughs> we'll, we'll feature you. We'll give you a you shout. You can <laughs> check out the show at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on IG. Click the link in our bio. You find all the ways you can donate to the show, work with us. Send us a DM if you'd like to sponsor the show. Everything's right there on that IG. You can check me out at Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. Bo, you got anything to add? At B-O-A-S-C-I-U on Instagram. Bo at you. Bo Askew. Bo at you. Bo at you. I bless you. On IG. You don't know what kind of shit I went through all my life with that. <laughs> Too late to get into all that. We got to go. I got to get to dinner. My wife's going to yeah, kill me. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate you. Us. Awesome.